was okay. Sarah was babysit or not baby house sitting for her friend. And in the process, Sarah was friend was already semi friends with a bunch of the uh, her, her her friends' neighbors, and then uh, they just became more friends over the past week that Sarah was right. house sitting. And over the course of that time, Sarah was given information about how be, or this friend of Sarah's how someone of a friend of how Sarah's friend was treating her children. Uh-huh. And then Sarah's like, "Look, I'm getting all this information from your neighbors, saying they're not—they're a bit concerned about your kids." And I was told one of them is a CPS officer, so it may become a thing. And Sarah went to go t- told her, he was, or Sarah's friend—I got to eliminate actual names. Right. Sarah's friend was making all the excuses in the book that she's a part of the LGBTQ community. She has a pride fag. She made herself seem like it's because of she's her political leaning. Yeah, she's right. the victim. When oh, when all these people are also they lean that same way as well, or at least I know one of them does lean that way as well. Two of them. Two of them. Okay, two of them definitely do lean that way. But in the course of all that happening, and Sarah telling her, Sarah also told a separate friend of hers who's not in the situation at all about what's going on with this friend that has all the children. And then in the midst of talking to this friend about her other friend that's dealing with the potential CPS issue, she forgot who she was talking to, and mistakenly told. The friend that has the CP, potential CPS problems that, and she thought she was talking to her original friend saying, yeah, I've got this friend who may be having CPS problem, and I've been trying to figure out uh, ways to I help her along, but she just won't listen. And that's the message she sent to the CPS friend. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's a, and Sarah, Sarah immediately is like, I fucked up. I sent the wrong message to me when I thought I was talking or to my friend <laughs> when I was talking to my other It's fucking hard to talk in vagaries. But when I was talking... <laughs> But I'm not saying any names. I doubt she, she knows listens. Who we're talking about. I, I doubt she listens. I do too. But what if she does now? Just be vindictive. Yeah, that's what she's gonna do. Yeah. To be vindictive is <laughs> listen to the podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna support her husband. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, I friend. My friend down here. What should I do if this was you? Would you want me to tell you, or would you just want me to sit back because I don't know what's going to happen with it? And, that, and I, I rely on this friend down here. Um, a lot of things like we 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 conversate a lot and she's like look i want you to fucking tell me i was like okay i'll tell her so when i finally told my friend the the up there friend what had happened (laughs) what i had heard she made all these excuses well my they don't wear shoes because they have sensory issues i can't brush their hair because they have sensory issues so all these neighbors problems were appearances so I had said, well, maybe you need a privacy fence because she can't move. It's like a brand new fucking right. house. Right, yeah. And it's a USDA loan. Like, you can't sell it. So I was like, you need just a privacy fence and then nobody will know and nobody will care. And um, so I got off the phone with her and I was messaging my friend down here. I was like, I told her she's mad, but she's not mad enough to fix the issues. It's just a hot mess now. And I sent it to the friend up there. That I just talked to. And she's like, what do you mean? It's, I'm not mad enough to fix the issues. And I was like, oops, sorry, that was for Greg. And she's like, wouldn't Greg know me as whatever? I was like, no, Greg's an asshat. Yeah. <laughs> like, he doesn't know any of my friends' names. Like, and he doesn't like you. So, like, I just refer to you as the friend I'm house-sitting for because he doesn't like you. Who <laughs> 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 under the bus Greg goes? Yes. Which and, I'm fine with. I don't like this person whatever. anyway. <laughs> and I was like, I just... I, I, she's like, what do you mean? I'm not mad enough to fix the issues. I'm like, the fence! The fence! Like, I honestly meant, like, just... 
Sarah's been trying to dig herself out of this hole that she clearly put herself in. And I'm just like, I don't care. Yeah. I care that you're, you're, you care about it, but I don't care that she's upset with you because fuck her. Because what? she's, she has her own head up her own ass so bad. She what? She hasn't texted me in two days. Oh. And wow. this is concerning to Sarah. Darn. I know. She's, she's not a good person to begin with. There. I don't care. So like, her other person can deal with her bullshit. All that out of the way. Let's get into this week's episode. But before we do that, Ryan, let's talk about our partnership with Newsly. Um, anyway, so Newsly is a news site aggregator where you can have the news read to you, which, by the way, we should probably touch on in a little bit. But Kevin Conroy passed away the other day, and it fucking broke Sad. my heart. Yeah. He was the voice of Batman in the animated show, in the Justice League animated show, in the Batman Arkham games, and a bunch of the Batman uh, animated movies, shit like right. that. He's been a fucking pillar when it comes to like the nerd culture. Kevin Conroy's been Bruce Wayne Batman. He does his voices very distinctly. If you watch the animated series, like fucking Batman the Animated Series, the Justice League Limited or Unlimited or whatever the fuck the show was called, X Men, um, uh, was it Earthworm Jim, uh, uh, DuckTales, Darkwing Duck, Gargoyles? They were all part of my fucking like. Saturday, Sunday morning cartoon right. fucking regiment. regiment, and a, he was part of my childhood. I know he's been part of a lot of people's childhoods, but it's, it's fucking heartbreaking. The man was only 66 whenever he passed away. Still had many years ago. I'm not sure what he passed away from. They, I don't think they've fucking ever said whenever the right. news came out, but it's heartbreaking. Um, uh, that aside, <laughs> that heartbreaking news aside, but our partnership with Newsly is not heartbreaking, right? It's fucking fantastic. And the way I read or heard about the news or the uh, shocking news Passing of, of Kevin, Kevin Conroy, Conroy is from Newsly. And I had the news uh, read to me, which is what Newsly does. It reads the news to you in a nice, calm, cool, collected voice. It's not like Siri or Alexa. It's not robotic in any way. It's very fucking natural sounding. And you can easily download the app at newsly.me or go to the iOS or Android store and di- type in Newsly uh, in the search engine. Uh, you download the app, you can just start right away using the app uh, right when you open up the app. Just start using it and have the news from any site read to you, uh, along with uh, podcasts from over 40 countries, including ours, will be also on that app as well. But if you want a more tailored experience, you can start up a premium service. Um, and as you're going through the whole Rick and Roll of setting up that account for a premium, uh, you'll be asked for a promo code. And you just simply type in our promo code, which is Nerdinian with the I's and O's replaced with ones and zeros. So it's simply N-E-R-D, the number one, the letter N, the number 10, and the letter N once more. Just type all that in. You'll get uh, one month of Newsly on us for free. And it's like $9.99 after that. Like I said, the promo code, one more time, uh, for the people in the back, it is N-E-R-D, the number one, the letter N, the number 10, the letter N once more. I almost tripped over it, but I got through it. Uh, just type all that in as you're setting up the account, and it'll give you one month on us for free. And uh, you can have a more tailored experience, like unlimited skips. And if you're not a Fox News watcher like I'm not, you'll have less and less of those articles and more like the MSNBC shit like that. And if any of the, what I just said is at all confusing, just go to the show notes and all of it will be right there. Normally, this is where we add in uh, the name of the movie that you quoted at the end of the last episode. But guess what happened, Ryan? 
Did you take out the quote? <laughs> no. I accidentally stopped recording. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you had started talking. So the the quote didn't even exist. <laughs> right. You had started talking at the end of the last episode, and I'm I guess I must have hit fucking the R button, which is the record button, while I'm in GarageBand and you're, just didn't pay just, attention. You were just so ready and you just uh because I only got like, and then you started like just saying like the first syllable of the first word and Z- cut off because I'm a fucking idiot. All so right, you don't so, even have to worry about that. So this week. the uh, the the movie that I was quoting was Z- <laughs> right <laughs> made back in. Z- <laughs> right. Um. Anyway, I'm Greg Vance and I'm Ryan Downing and we are Nerdinian and we go week by <laughs> and we go uh, week by week. No. We that's... go through <laughs> all of your favorite nerd movies week, week by week. week. That's what I was scene looking Scene by scene. <laughs> beat by beat. <laughs> and we break down the movie that we're talking about each week. And this week it is The Force Awakens. We've been talking about the entire, up to this point of when we started it, the entire uh, Star Wars franchise, saga, if you will. Um, we took a little bit of break from the Skywalker saga, and we're talking about just the Disney Plus series, uh, Mandalorian, Mandalorian and, Season 1 uh, and 2. Book of Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett. We enjoyed both, both of those. The Book of Boba Fett maybe a little bit less than Mandalorian series, but we still enjoyed them. This week, we are talking about the sequel trilogy. We, well, we talked about the Book of Boba Fett, a.k.a. Mandalorian Season 2.5. Yeah, pretty much. Um... So the sequel trilogy is the revamp of all of it. This, if you didn't have the sequel trilogy, you probably wouldn't have the Mandalorian episode series. Episode four, two, episode four, part two, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, pretty much, there's a good amount of what they just yanked from episode four and put in the Force Awakens. And I understand the rationale. They wanted to get people that aren't uber nerds about Star Wars, like myself, back into the franchise. So they took a lot of the elements, and I think that's why they did a canon reset with the Star Wars universe. So Star Wars, the whole franchise, is a unique entity in and of itself. Everything that happens in the books, in the novel, or in the the comic books, uh, video games, TV shows, TV shows, movies, all happen in one gigantic universe. It's the only thing that fucking does it. Marvel doesn't do it. They have their own universe for the comic books and their own universe for the MCU. Right. They take elements from the comic books to put it into the MCU, but they, they don't cross over in any way. The... Star Wars Although universe. They're starting to cross over a little bit with the TV shows and movies. Yes, they're starting to do so. that. Um, but when it comes to Star Wars, it's all in one big giant universe. Right. And so after uh, was it Return of the Jedi, we had this explosion of uh, Star Wars novels, like Splinter of the Mind's Eye, the Obi Wan novel. Eventually, that happened after I think like Revenge of the Sith, which is a brilliant fucking novel. Everything that happens in the Obi Wan series. It, it, nothing is taken from that Obi-Wan novel. Um, the Obi-Wan novel just sticks with him on Tatooine and him coming across a village on Tatooine and trying to hide being a Jedi and shit like that. It's, it's a great fucking read, but everything that happens in the Obi-Wan series, completely it's separate canon. Yes. Um, now, whenever they reset the canon, they called all those old books legends. So it would pretty much just be like anything they wanted to take from those older novels, they could take and just put in. And we're starting to see that starting to happen more and more with like Admiral Thrawn um, started to come back in, like in the rebel series. And then he got his own set of like, like three or four novels uh, written by Timothy Zahn, who introduced the Admiral Thrawn character back in the day, whenever the first like Splinter of the Mind's Eye first came out way back when in the eighties. 
Um, and the reason I think they reset the canon, I think one of the reasons is because Chewbacca in one of the novels was killed. Yeah. An, enchi- an entire moon was thrown at Chewbacca and he died in the impending explosion. And he, he couldn't catch it. Right. And there was no coming back from it. <laughs> <laughs> there was absolutely no coming back to it. And because they wanted uh, that familiarity, that nostalgia with the first Star Wars movie that was going to come back after so many years. Like, we haven't had a Star Wars movie since, like, what was it, like 2004, 2005, somewhere in there, whenever uh, Revenge of the Sith came out. Yeah. And so it's been, by the time this comes out, it'll be nearly 10 years since the last movie came out. So they wanted that familiarity. They wanted that. Uh, nostalgia, so they needed Chewbacca to come back, and I think this is one of the rational. I don't a think it's reco- the only a recognizable character, right? I don't think it's the only reason, but I think it's one of the many reasons that the canon was reset is because Chewbacca died in one of the novels. I think that that's part of it, but I think that a bigger part of it is, like you said, they were trying to appeal to people who weren't necessarily fans, yes, who may have been intimidated by the size of, of the universe, yeah, yeah. And, and like I. I don't have the time to invest to learn all of this. Right. And trust me, there are several novels. There, there are brilliant fucking books, like Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Um, the Obi-Wan novel, like I was just talking about, are fucking fantastic books. But there are several stinkers. Like, there's a whole line of X-Wing series books where they were yeah, not, not good. fucking good at all. Um, there's a great book called Death Trooper, I think. It's like a Star Wars universe set in like the horror genre. It's really fucking fascinating. The cover of the book, you may have no- remembered it. It had like a stormtrooper helmet with like claw marks in it and like blood coming down the stormtrooper helmet. It's a fucking fascinating book. But like I said, a lot of the uh, ancillary like titles, novels, like smaller little pulpy books from the Star Wars universe, mm-hmm. not the greatest in the world. Remember that first trailer that we got? Of the Force Awakens, we just had like this uh, the the Snoke characters speaking in the background. We saw like this uh, black cloaked character with the lightsaber in hand, and walking through the snowy woods, he stops, stomps his foot, and his lightsaber comes out, and uh, just regular lightsaber. And then the cross guards come out, yep. and then the rest of like the teaser trailer ensues. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? As we get into the story of of The Force Awakens, I will be referencing a lot of novels 
that I have read, like the aftermath, aftermath novels, the three of them. Mm-hmm. There's a book called Lost Stars, which plays into the, like the Battle of Jakku. Oh, the remnants that we see on the fields of Jakku of the superstar destroyers and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the other novel? Bloodlines is another one. Why I think because they, they they only mention it in Bloodlines. They haven't. Uh, there was a Kylo Ren comic book series that came out a while ago. I haven't read it yet. Uh, so it may talk about it more in that comic book series. But in the Bloodlines book, at one point, news comes out that Darth Vader, the most sinister man that the Emperor, Emperor's right-hand man, mm-hmm. uh, was the father to Leia Organa before yep. she was adopted by the Organas. Everyone knew that she was adopted by the Organas since fucking birth. It's just they didn't know who But they didn't know was. who the daddy was. And as a political way to like kind of like hit Leia Organa was to have her parentage come out. And it's like this big ordeal. She at one point she's like I need to talk to my son. I need to fucking talk to my son right fucking now cuz she's off with her son Ben is off with Han. He's like some manager of some like uh like updated version of like pod racing. It's a brilliant book by Claudia Gray. Fucking fantastic fucking storytelling in that book. But part of it is, is that uh, she needs. She knows that this is bad news for her politically. So she knows she's out politically. Um, but the first thing that she fucking needs to do is tell her fucking son that his grandfather was Darth Vader. Because she hasn't told him at all. And she knows that her son is going to be pissed at that whole aspect about her his grad, grandfather being... Uh, Darth Vader, when he knows his uncle is Luke Skywalker, the Jedi, and all that, and they've talked about him potentially becoming a Jedi right. himself, and like this whole mess of shit. So I think we're gonna get. Uh, so the idea with the uh, <laughs> what I'm trying to get at is that the, the sequel trilogy I don't think was well thought out. Is what I'm trying to get. Like with the the prequel trilogy, not a lot was thought out. Just the simple. Like, we see the downfall of Anakin and, like, all these characters reacting to the downfall of right. Anakin Skywalker. It wasn't until other, like, novels or and now because of just the main canon, uh, like the uh, Clone Wars TV series or Rebels, shit like that, where it uh, fills out more of the story. Yeah, it fleshed it out more. Yes. And that's what we get with the sequel trilogy, where we get, like... Basic things, broad strokes. If you yeah, will. obviously they yank a bunch from Episode Four, from A New Hope in this movie, from the trench run to a big ass ball that's being the destroyer of worlds, like the Death Star and now Star Killer Base, to a uh, Finn blowing up a Tie Fighter and going woo. Yes, there there are direct, elements direct pulls from. Yes. Um, your big three in the movie, in each of the movies, has always been two men and a woman, or a woman, and same thing with this movie, two men and a woman. Uh, so they do ape a lot of what has happened in previous uh, trilogies into this one. A lot of people were expecting maybe to go move past that, which is what I think we were going to get with Last Jedi. They they took the criticisms criticisms from uh, Force Awakens and like, all right, yeah, we we did kind of you know play it safe with like having nostalgic characters to do certain things. We gave you a pretty decent story, but we played it safe. And we also gave you nostalgia porn. Yes. And, and then they tried something new with the Last Jedi, and the vocal minority got real fucking upset, and it scared them. And then we got what we got with Rise of Skywalker. We'll talk about that. You'll understand what I'm talking about whenever Rise of Skywalker comes out. I, the only reason I'm saying that is because I think the Rey's lineage may have always been an option. They just hadn't settled on it until 
they were getting ready to shoot Rise of Skywalker. I would I would just like to uh, to point out that after watching this movie and knowing Ray's lineage, well, no, just after watching this movie, Episode Seven uh-huh. in the theater. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. We had a conversation yeah. about it, and I called it. <laughs> yes. I called I called both things. I think. What? Well, I so. I'm a bad Star Wars nerd. Uh-huh. I have yet to watch Episode Nine. Yes, Rise of Skywalker. I have not watched Rise of Skywalker yet. Um, but I'm pretty sure that after watching Force Awakens, mm-hmm. I said that the rest of the trilogy was going to be an arcing uh, re- return to heroics with Kylo Ren. Mm. Or like oh, yeah. he, he gets a redemption arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does, if I'm not mistaken, yes. get, a, get a redemption arc. If I've like, seen that movie, spoilers. Yes, he does like, get a redemption Like arc. his grandpappy. Yes. And I know that uh, Greg was super furious about that fact. About whenever, him gonna, whenever episode seven ca- came out, about him about redemption. Kylo Ren getting what, no, redemption. What I was saying, oh, not him. Uh, <laughs> so no, no, you <laughs> looked at me whenever I said Kylo Ren is going to get a redemption arc, yes. and you said he better fucking not. <laughs> he killed Han Solo. Yes. Spoilers, by the way, <laughs> we're not quite For there this in movie. the movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you were. Yes. Uh, I was angry in the sense that Kylo Ren, the man that killed fucking Han Solo, uh, would potentially get a a redemption. But then I became more of anti Kylo getting a redemption because more people were like, yes, let's ship Rey and Kylo. And I'm like, no, that's lazy. I get that it's there. I get that it's something that you could easily grab onto. But I always fucking figured that just him and Ray falling in love with one another was just lazy. And yeah. that's what, spoilers. That's essentially what happens at the end of Rise of Skywalker. So surprised. Which I think they went with that route because of the backlash that they felt they had gotten from Rise of Skywalker, or not Rise of Skywalker, but Last Jedi. And with a lot of the things that they try in Rise of, or Last Jedi, I really fucking commend them for and I really fucking enjoy. We'll talk about that next week whenever we talk about Last Jedi. The Last Jedi movie is probably one of my favorite Jedi or uh, Star Wars movies. It's right up there with Return of the Jedi for me. Uh, it's right there in my top three, obviously. But I really fucking enjoy uh, Last Jedi. I was going to say Return again. But uh, Last Jedi. We'll get to that when we get to it. But um, I think with The Force Awakens, I don't believe that they had a huge plan or uh, a huge idea of who Rey's lineage was going to be. Yeah. I don't think they did until probably by the end. Because I know this for a fact. That the uh, that they had a secret, not secret, but they had a Palpatine ending at the end of Last Jedi, where you would just be on Exegol, which is the main Sith planet from Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. that we see him on later on in the Rise of Skywalker, and we just see just like the statues and stuff. We see a camera panning down. We see a bunch of different like acolytes, shit like that, and then we hear his laugh from like Return of the Jedi, just echoing through these halls, or the trailer of. Right. Last Jedi. Right. And we were going to get that in, at the end of Last Jedi, but they decided not to. The end of... No, it was going to be the end of Last oh, Jedi. Oh, yeah. But Sorry, they, and I'll talk about it more whenever we get to uh, that next episode. 
but I think they panicked and they so they decided not to do Palpatine but then they panicked and decided to do Palpatine because it would have been the safer bet because they didn't want to explain too much because I always thought this was going to be <laughs> that's one thing we need to talk about is people's expectations now I always always of the assumption that Snoke was going to be a version of Darth Plagueis yeah um, I was dead set on it. I didn't fucking hate the movie when he didn't become that. Spoilers, but I thought it would have been cooler to introduce a <coughs> character like Snoke or like Darth Plagueis into it. Um, I also thought Rey was going to be the child of Obi-Wan and somebody, either uh, Duchess Satine from the Clone Wars series or somebody else that he'd fallen in love with or any, right. anybody. Just anybody. He would be an, uh, she would be an Obi-Wan. Right. Or a, a, a Kenobi, Kenobi, not an Obi-Wan, but would be a Kenobi of some sort. Um, that doesn't happen. We find out what it is, and now there is another novel that came out, and we'll talk about it more whenever we talk about Rise of Skywalker, called Shadow of the Sith, that fleshes out more of what Rey's lineage. I'll talk about it a little bit when we get into the, like, the flashback of young Rey in this movie, mm-hmm. um, because it does play into the Shadow of the Sith, and what happens with Rey definitely plays out more in Rise of Skywalker. Right. That being said, I think I don't think there's much else I need to talk about before we get into the actual movie itself. I really enjoyed this movie. It's a nice, good start. Yeah, I mean... It's, it, it's par for the course. It's fine. Yeah, it's an okay movie. It's not high up there on my list. We'll get to our list. Uh, Rise of Sky, Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. But it's, it's a decent movie. It's, it's probably higher than Attack of the Clones, but it's an all right movie. It definitely did reinvigorate the franchise because obviously it was it starting beats, to. It beats the prequels for me, and it beats most of the prequels. I, I enjoy I, some of. I it. know, I know you. <laughs> we talked about it. Um, I really enjoy uh, Daisy Ridley as Ray. I think she's a fantastic fucking actor. John Boyega is also at a great fucking addition. So same with Oscar Isaac, um, Dom Hall Gleason. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Brandon Gleason's son, the General Hux, I think his name is oh. Dom Hull, Hull, Hill, something like I don't, that. I don't know what his name is. Well, there was another actor I was going to mention. Oh, uh, Lapita Nyong'o as Maz Kanata's fa- fucking fantastic. Uh, Adam Driver. Look, it, like There was a meme going around shortly after Force Awakens came out. It was like one of those generic family photos, and it was with... Uh, Harrison Ford as the father figure in this photo, Carrie Fisher as the mother figure, with a very young Adam Driver in the photo with them. Right. And he looks like the amalgamation of the two of them. Right. He's got fucking Harrison Ford's nose, Carrie's chin, like uh, Harrison's bone, like facial structure. It, it's fucking uncanny. And he's a fucking fantastic actor in this whole series. Like, he's a fucking fantastic actor across the fucking board. Uh, yeah, any fucking well, a movie. lot of a lot of things that he's done has been pretty fucking great. Yes, uh, I don't know if you ever watched it or not because we haven't really talked about it, and I doubt that it's one that we would cover on the podcast. Um, but did you watch uh, Black Klansman? No, I have the, not the watched one that, I, the one Yeah, that he's he in did, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where he was like a Jewish detective yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah. Because like, he has the southern draw voice. Yeah. He plays the vo- if I remember correctly from what I've heard about the movie, he plays the voice, and or not the voice, but the face of right. the character whenever the uh, the black clansman needs to go into the right. clan group. The clan group. He's the face, not the voice. That's what I meant. 
Yeah. Fun fact: I'm pretty sure he's also a marine. Yes, he was. he he was a marine. Yes, and there's a there's a sequence of events we'll talk about when we talk about it at the end of the movie that he incorporated from his marine training. Mm-hmm. Um, that I always found really fucking fascinating, but because it, it also leans into like the Sith teachings about using pain as a right. way to drive you and shit. Um, but let's get into this movie real quick. Let's talk about who made this movie, who wrote this movie, um, and who starred in this movie. So it was written by Lawrence Kasdan of um, Empire Strikes Back. I don't know why I was fucking blanking on that title. Empire Strikes Back, along with the Solo movie. I think he wrote some of Return of the Jedi as well. Um, but he's a prolific uh, writer. wrote a bunch of the, uh, not a bunch, but maybe like the first two of Indiana Jones. Uh, directed movies in his own right as well. Also written by Michael Arndt. Directed by J.J. Abrams. Now, J.J. directed Star Trek before this. Yes. The only reason he just directed the two Star or three Star Trek movies is because he didn't think he would ever be able to direct a Star Wars movie. Yep. And then, lo and behold, after <laughs> after a few years with Star Trek, he's able to direct a Star Wars movie because George Lucas sold it to Disney for like four point four billion dollars or some shit like yes. that. And the main reason is because George, the reason he sold it, what he said in interviews, is he just didn't want to deal with the anger from fans anymore. And then whenever they didn't like what Disney did, guess what the fans were like? Give it back to George! Like, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. George, you suck! Yeah. But you suck less than Disney! <laughs> yes. Um, but this movie stars Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, uh, D-O-M-H-A-L-L, Domhole. Yeah, Domhole. Gleason is his name. Harrison Ford, of course. Mark Hamill for a little bit. Carrie Fisher. Adam Driver. Billy Lord, who is Carrie Fisher's daughter. She's not in a whole lot. You just see her in the background. She speaks yeah. a few lines every so often. Lupita Nyong'o. Uh, Andy Serkis. Anthony Daniels. Max von Sydow. Uh, Peter Mayhew. Gwendolyn Christie. Johan. I think it's pronounced Johans. J-O-O-N-A-S. But I know he's Norwegian, so I think it's Johans. So yeah, how you pr- so. pronounce his first name? So Tomo, uh, Simon Pegg, Greg uh, Grunberg, and Ken Leong. Now uh, Johans is uh, the guy who plays Chewbacca for most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Peter Mayhew, a lot of the original actors from like the original trilogy. Uh, Kenny Baker was brought on as a consultant, I believe. He was like near the end of his life. wasn't right. Really, that wasn't mobile, able to do much. But he's brought on as a consultant on how R two D two would move shit like that. Just to have him incorporated with the the new uh, trilogy in some way, um, and I think he passed away shortly after the Force Awakens, Force Awakens came out. Um, Peter Mayhew played Chewbacca in the original trilogy and in whenever we get him in Revenge of the Sith as well. Um, but at this point, Peter Mayhew was dealing with a lot of fucking like knee issues. Like he's a tall, massive man. Yeah, he's huge. Uh, he had several knee surgeries. He, at one point, was in a wheelchair for a good portion of his life. But uh, near the end of his life, he was dealing with just, like, a mainly a, a few, like, I think, like, two canes. Mm-hmm. Maybe one cane to help him walk and shit. But um, I think he passed away, like, two years ago. But, and I think this is a classy move on Johan's uh, part. Because uh, during the whole process of him being interviewed for promotion for the movie... Someone had asked him, uh, so what portion of the movie do you play? Chewbacca. And Johan's is like, I'm not telling you. It's Peter and I come up, uh, figured out a way to, uh, both of us playing the character. But I'm never going to tell you which parts my, uh, I'm playing Chewbacca and which parts Peter. It's all Peter. For right. all, all intensive purposes. Right. It is 
the character that he brought to life. Right. But if you know anything about Peter's health issues, you know he's not the one running through halls or standing up and walking right. around. If Chewbacca's sitting, it's Peter, pretty much. Um, which Chewbacca doesn't do a whole lot of sitting except for in the cockpit. So. Right. So the movie starts off like any other Star Wars movie. You see the Star Wars logo, uh, Episode Seven, The Force Awakens, and we get the normal uh, crawling text that says, Luke Skywalker has vanished. In his absence, the sinister First Order has risen for the, from the ashes of the Empire and will not rest until Skywalker, the last Jedi, has been destroyed. With the support of the Republic, General Leia Organa leads a brave resistance. She is desperate to find her brother, Luke, and gain his help in restoring peace and justice in the galaxy. Leia has sent her most daring pilot on a secret mission to, J- to Jakku, uh, where an old ally has discovered a clue to Luke's whereabouts. Now, before we get into the movie, uh, Lor Santaka is the main guy that her yes. daring uh, officer was meant to go look for. Lor Santaka was someone that he's not a Force user, but he does respect the Force. He does admire the Force. He admires the Jedi. He thinks the Jedi are very important. So whenever Luke is coming up and figuring out a way to restart the Jedi Academy, Lor Santaka is right there beside him, finding artifacts, finding the old books, just figuring out ways to teach helping kids. Helping him. Helping him, yes. So this movie starts off with like a very similar shot that we get in the other movies, where we see a ship pan over. We see the uh, like the underside of the ship pan over uh, a planet, and it just basically blots out the sun from uh, yeah. from this planet. And we see uh, four transports come shooting out of the side of it. But we cut inside the transport ships, and we see first order troopers. They're very similar to the uh, Empire troopers, just a bit upgraded, if you will. Upgrades, people, upgrades. Uh, cut to on the planet of Jakku, and we see uh, BB-8 rolling into frame, and he's like whistling and beeping, and he sees the transports coming to the planet. And uh, inside the hut that he just rolled away from is uh, Poe Dameron, played by Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. 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 I don't know why I was cutting Isaac. off. Isaac. Isaac. Uh, and uh, sitting across from him is Max von Sydow, playing Lor Santeca. And the first thing he says as he hands. Uh, a little bag with like a information drive in it uh, to Poe Dameron. He says this will make this will start to make things right, and closes his hand around the bag that he hands to Poe Dameron. Yep. The, he Poe says no, this will help us find Luke Skywalker. Or the the general will be very happy that you gave this to us. And uh, Lord Santeca is like the general to me, she's royalty, and Poe's like she certainly is that. And then bam, in comes fucking BB-8. Fucking losing his goddamn mind. We got to go. <laughs> yes, uh, we. He's basically yes. He's like go 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 go. He's like losing his shit. Um, Poe's like oh we got company. He runs out. Lord Hanteka's shortly behind him. He has binoculars in his hand. He looks up and he sees the transports descending upon this small village of Jakku. And Poe's like you need to hide. And Lord uh, Teka is like you need you to need go, to go. now. Uh, we see uh, Poe and BB just booking it across this small village. We see uh, members of the village like gearing up, hiding inside huts. We see other ones grabbing guns, waiting for all hell to break loose as these transports land. We see Poe get to his ship. He gets into it. We see BB-8 just get sucked up into it as well on, on the outside of the ship. First Order Trooper transports land, and it's like the fucking 
scene at, in fucking Private Ryan where Shit. they're storming the beach of Jakku. Yes. Uh, where they just open up the ramps as the ramps come down. We see stormtroopers just, or uh, first order troopers barrel down the ramps. A shot's being fired at them. They're, fi- they're returning fire to the people you of Jakku. You can call them stormtroopers. Uh, yeah, I guess they kind of they, they call them stormtroopers. Uh, and we or, see. They call them troopers. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Because I, I don't uh, remember them ever saying first order troopers. Yeah, now that you're talking they call about them, They call them troopers. I think you're right. Uh, because whenever Kylo's talking to Hux and he says, My troopers are taken from birth and yeah. yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So, yeah, we and get they the, give them the same call signs. Yeah, with so. the FN218 that we get with yeah. Finn later on. Uh, but we see that the troopers are returning fire to these villagers. We see a bunch of villagers being taken out. We see stormtroopers. Uh, just barreling towards villagers. We see uh, several villagers just being yanked by stormtroopers onto the ground and being, like, pointed guns at them. And the, there's, uh, the villagers are no match for right. uh, the stormtroopers. They are let, handed their asses right away. Um, and in the process of the chaos, we see Poe trying to start up his X-Wing. And in the process of starting it up, we see a few troopers uh, fire at the X-Wing to prevent it from going. But then they just book it back towards the villagers. Uh, Poe comes out, checks to see the damage, and uh, quickly realizes this ship is going fucking nowhere. nowhere. BB-8 comes out from the ship. He tells BB-8, you need to get the fuck out of here. Hands him the device, which is just like this uh, makeshift thumb drive of sorts with the information of Luke's whereabouts. And tells BB-8, get the fuck out of here. I'll return for you at another time. Just get out of here. We see BB-8... Uh, this this is safer with you than me. Yes. Get out of here. And uh, we see BB-8 uh, a bit apprehensive of this idea, but ends up agreeing. Uh, he books it to the uh, off-screen as Poe runs off to an embankment and starts taking out stormtroopers. He takes out a few, and then hits one next to another one that's running up towards the villagers. And drops... The one that he hits drops to the ground. The other one that was right beside him notices it and comes walking up to his friend. Um, there's a book called Before the Awakening that takes small stories of Poe, Ray, and Finn. And it goes into like the little backstories before everything that right. happens in The For- Force Awakens, hence Before the Awakening. Um, and one of the stories with Finn is that the guy that gets shot and has the blood going down fo- po- Finn. Finn's face is his friend. Like someone he really cared about. That's why you get the him touching Finn's helmet and then just dying as he does. Um, but that's what happens. We see the stormtrooper, like or the first order trooper, trooper, whatever the fuck, comes up to the one that had just fallen and is concerned about him. Tries to get him up, but then we see the hand of the one that got shot take his hand and swipe it down across uh, the one that's upright. His helmet. We see three blood uh, marks across his face. This is our character, uh, FN2187, Finn, uh, who will eventually be called. Um, He's a bit shocked by this. We see that he's not acting like any other stormtrooper that we've known and come to love before. He is a bit shaken by this idea of his friend dying in front of him. Something has happened. At that same instance, we see Kylo Ren's ship come down into frame. The music just fucking just... Just fucking hammers you as this mountain of a fucking ship comes down from the heavens. It's uh, so it's Kylo Ren's ship. So all the like big main transport ships are named after like Greek letters. Like the uh, Empire ships from the Lambda class. His is called the Ypsilon uh, class shuttle. Just the 
I did have it up in a Lego form before it was destroyed by cats. Um, it's in that box right there with my admiration, or my, um, not admiration, but my fucking contempt for these cats. That's one of them. Um, but anyway, so back on task, Ryan. Uh, we see the ship land, we see Kylo Ren exit his ship, and he just saunters right the fuck up. Doesn't stop for fucking anybody. We see uh, Lor Santeca being brought up in front of uh, Kylo Ren, and Kylo Ren stops. He's like, oh, you've gotten so old. And Lor Santeca is like, you've become something else entirely. Uh, oh. Something unrecognizable, I think is pretty much what he says. And I... Kylo's like, look, you know where he is. Just fucking tell me. And Lord Santeca's like, no. Uh-huh. I know where you came from, where you, Kylo Ren, came from. I know about your parentage and who your parents were. This is not you. Everything that it is right now, that's not you. So how about we just knock this stupid shit off? And then Kylo Ren's like, you know what? You're right. And then just whips out his lightsaber and slashes and kills Laura Santeca. Well, he says that he's not scared of the dark side. Who does? Laura Santeca okay. does. And Kylo says some, something... Snide. Angsty teen. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll make you scared of the dark we side. We do get a, a several angsty moments from Kylo Ren whenever he's just losing his shit on machinery. Speaking of... Um, this has nothing to do with the movie, but um, did you... I think I showed you, or you've probably seen. Did you see the undercover bosses with Kylo Ren? Oh, yeah, yeah, the SNL skit, yeah. The SNL skits. Yes. Fucking spot on. Fucking mint, yes. (laughs) They are brilliant. Um, Yeah, it was with uh, Bobby Moynihan and uh, what's his name? Killian. No, is it Killian? The other one that was Bobby Moynihan. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't remember. But yeah, it has Adam Driver. He plays, what is it? The Matt, the radar technician. I haven't had my muffin yet, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) And he's talking about Matt in the break room where Bobby Moynihan, who's a stormtrooper in the First Order, he's like, yo, dude, Matt sucks. (laughs) Go and watch it. It's fucking brilliant. Um, my, My son was uh, killed. By, yeah. by Kylo Ren, so it's kind of hard. Oh, he he wrote you this card. For every rain, there's a rainbow. <laughs> Sorry, I killed your son, Kylo. Yeah, they're talking about Kylo's lightsaber, and they're all like, "Isn't this badass?" Yeah, <laughs> sets up. He's like, he's trying to figure out, get information from them. And they're in Kylo as Matt, the radar technician, is like, "Hey, isn't Kylo Ren's lightsaber really cool?" And uh, Bobby Moynihan's character is like, yeah, that it's really fucking scary. It looks like it will hurt like a lot. It's really fucking scary. And Kylo's like, no, it's not scary at all. Hold on. I'll let me go ask him if we can check it out. And he walks, and within seconds, he returns back into it. He's like, look, guys. He's just nonchalantly walking around like, I've got it. See, here it is. <laughs> uh, but this movie, Ryan, this movie, <laughs> um, uh, or uh, Poe sees Lauren Santeca being taken out by Kylo and is completely shocked by this. Like, he's Lauren Santeca is someone that Poe has enjoyed quite a bit. Respect, he has respect for Poe gets pissed off and immediately starts firing or fires one shot at Kylo Ren. Kylo senses it right away and is one of the new uh force powers in this series. One of the things that the uh, <laughs> like, so. 
I'm not sure what to call them. They're Star Wars fans or who they claim to be Star Wars fans, but they're like the worst kind of Star Wars fans. Uh, you, you, you've met them you, online. You can just call them Star Wars fans. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm trying to delineate between good Star Wars fans and the ones that are constantly bitching about just the dumbest shit. Like the whole aspect of Rey being a Mary Sue. Like that came from the horrible Star Wars fans. Um, but one of the things that they tried to, uh, I guess, ding against the new Skywalker, this Skywalker saga, the end Skywalker saga, is that they introduced new force powers. One of them being that Kylo Ren is able to hold force seize. Well, he's able to hold the the blaster bolt from this gun with little effort whatsoever. And, and oh yeah, they they didn't like it, but they excuse it like no other. When it comes to Rey and the force abilities that she's able to use, it's like you literally went to their house, fucked their mother in front of them, and laughed in their faces while you were fucking their mother. Because the amount of vitriol... I'm going to take your mother, Dorothy Mantooth, out for a nice <laughs> dinner and never call her again. Because <laughs> yeah. the vitriol that some of these star, the quote-unquote Star Wars fans have for like the Rey character is astounding. We'll it's get, not. It's not really astounding. Like now, pay attention. now it's not. Yeah. But whenever it was happening, I'm like, dude, have we not paid attention to fucking Star Wars? Woman, strong woman, don't like. But it's Brr. predicated on a strong woman. Yeah, strong women don't like. <laughs> the Princess Leia is a strong fucking woman. It's the the Star Wars franchise is predicated on that. But, but, yeah, she's allowed to be a strong woman. Because she was also sexualized yes. wearing the metal bikini. So it's okay if she's strong. <laughs> right. But um, until Ray is in a string weighs, bikini. wears a metal string bikini, <laughs> yes. she's not allowed to be strong. Uh, I, that's pro- you probably hit it on the head, Ryan. I did. I absolutely <laughs> did. There's no question. Uh, so this scene continues, Ryan. Uh, we see uh, Kylo has stopped the blaster bolt that Poe just tried to fire at him completely. And we see uh, troopers come up, grab Poe by the arms, grab his gun, and just drag him to uh, Kylo Ren. And they drop him to his knees. Uh, we see as Poe is walking by the blaster bolt that's frozen in there, he's just kind of like looking at it over his shoulder and the troopers' and shoulders. And it's not exactly frozen. It's yeah, it's not. It's, it's like not it's like stuck like, right there. It's like yeah, it's moving back and forth. jittering. Yeah, like it yeah. wants to go, but something's just holding it back. Poe is dropped in front of Kylo. To his knees, Kylo kneels down and holds for a second. And then Poe says, you talk? Do you do talk, talk first? Do I, do I talk first? Like, <laughs> and Poe, I, don't, I don't know. And uh, Kylo says, just get him up. He's like, I really can't. And Poe says, I really can't understand you with the face thingy. <laughs> he gets hoisted up. All the uh, apparatus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and Kylo says, take him to my ship. They drag him to uh, Kylo's ship. And then we, at that same instance, we have a character named Captain Phasma come up, decked out in all silver, with a black and red cape, ho- uh, sauntering her way towards Kylo Ren. This is Kylo's like number, or General Hux is like number two, who also reports to Kylo as well. Captain Phasma is an also fascinating character as well. Um, Would you say she's a Phasma dating <laughs> character? Right. Uh, there's a there's a there's a, a, a book out there. I know I'm going to be referring to books an awful lot, but I read a lot of fucking Star Wars novels. I've Nerd. St- <laughs> I've still got a few I haven't read yet that I need to. This one is called Just Phasma, and it's about 
where she came, how she came into play, why she's such a big deal in the First Order. Uh, we see that uh, in the novel we have, what is it, General Hux's father, who used to be a member of the Empire, a big deal in the Empire, and ends up crash landing on Captain Phasma's planet. I haven't read it in a little while, but if I remember correctly. But we do end up finding out where her armor comes from. So there's a big manufacturing uh, plant on this planet that Phasma's on. And uh, she figures out a way to take the metal from one of these old, like, Nabooian ships uh, that used to belong to uh, Emperor Palpatine. And she manufactures her uh, armor from Palpatine's Nabooian ship. That big silver one we see. Mm -hmm. It's similar to one that we see in Phantom Menace. Something like that. Uh, but she fashions her armor off of that. The metal comes from that ship, which I was I thought that detail was a nice little like like little tie into the uh, prequel trilogy. Just right. Captain Phasma asks like, "Hey, uh, this is also where we get." Uh, I mentioned the, that helmet as well, uh, Captain Cardinal, mm-hmm. which is similar to Captain Phasma. It's just all decked in red. That's where I, we've, I've talked about that helmet that I own. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the one that fell on, ironically on the Kylo Ren ship. Um, and broke the ship and made me hate cats. Talking to my wife, who's just sitting on the couch. I don't like you. I'm aware. Hey, what should we do with these villagers? <laughs> <laughs> Side note: uh, Sarah's house sitting for nearly a week. She'd pop in with the kids every so often, every like two or three days. And for those two or three days where no one was here but me, so quiet, so quiet. Yeah. And <laughs> who could guess? <laughs> I had the TV at ridiculous volumes. <laughs> it was like a kid. It was like me. I was Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. I was doing ridiculous things because mom wasn't here. <laughs> I had the TV up at ridiculous fucking volumes. The heat never kicked on whenever it got super cold at night. It was fucking comfortable for me. Anytime Sarah came back and it was a fucking chilly as shit in the house, she was like, what are you doing? I was like, this feels Comfortable to me. This is great. (laughs) Anyway, Captain Phasma, all that aside, Captain Phasma uh, walks up to Kylo Ren. It's like, what should we do with villagers? Kylo looks at them, then looks back at Captain Phasma and says, kill them all. He walks off and then Phasma says, all right, uh, raise your arms. And we see that the trooper with the bloodstains on his helmet is also among the troopers watching these villagers. He raises his gun as well with everybody. Phasma says fire. He doesn't. And he sees this massacre happen in front of him. And we see his body react to it. He's affected in some way. Right. It's having, it, he's never seen anything like that. Uh, after they kill all the villagers, we see Kylo Ren walking by all the stormtroopers and then stops and looks to his right. And he sees that the one that didn't shoot is staring back at him. And Kylo's staring back at him. They hold for a second, and then Kylo doesn't think anything of it. Goes back up onto his ship. Cut to. I wonder if that's the one whose son I killed. Right. Cut. Cut to. Uh, we just see a panel open, and there is our Ray character in uh, makeshift goggles of her own, uh, making, and she's just rummaging through this old ship, trying to figure out, uh, find some sort of salvageable, salvageable part to take to a junker of some sort. We see her scale down a rope uh, after getting the parts that she needed. We see her now out, outside of this big uh, star destroyer, super star destroyer, the, uh, what is it, the Executioner? I think it's what it's called. 
um, from Return of the Jedi, or no. Yeah, it's from Return of the Jedi. It doesn't go... No, that goes down in Return of the Jedi. One of the superstar destroyers that don't go down in Return of the Jedi is in the Battle of Jakku. Um, so the first Battlefront game that came out, it was mainly multiplayer. There wasn't uh-huh. much to it. But Battlefront 2 had a storyline where you played... Uh, um, God, what is her name? Gina Gavankar plays the character, does the voice and the motion capture. I can't remember. Aiden Versio mm. is the name of the character that you play. And she starts off as, as an Imperial officer, like a special ops Imperial officer, a uh, trooper of some sort. And then she moves over to the Rebellion once she finds out after uh, the Empire has fallen, her home planet, which was an Empire-friendly planet, her home planet and her father and mother, that's where they fell in love and had her and shit like mm. that, in Operation Cinder, which was the Emperor's plan to just basically go scorched, scorched Earth on, on fucking everything because of his death. Which we talked about uh, during the Mandalorian Season 2. I think you're right. He decides to target that planet as well. And because of all her fam- the family that's still left on the planet and her friends that are on the planet and because of all the shit of him destroying her home world, she's like, fuck this, and goes to the Rebellion. And she's at the Battle of Jakku, fighting with the Rebellions against the uh, Empire. Now, at that same instance, we also have these two characters... Uh, that is very Rome- how they fucking yank Romeo and Juliet from Shakespeare and put it in this novel Lost Stars, where you have these two characters that grew up on the same planet. One was the uh, Aladdin type, where he was from the streets, and the girl was from this very prestigious family, but they vo- both loved each other, and they end up going separate ways as uh, young adults. Uh, her to the Empire, him. Just becoming a member of the rebellion, they end up meeting up against, uh, meeting up again as adults, falling in love all over again. Her of being of the empire and all that, and him being part of the rebellion. So there's like the Romeo and Juliet, but set in like the Star Wars universe. It can get very fucking like romance novelly at times, but it's, it's still a fucking fantastic read. Also by Claudia Gray, she's a fucking fantastic writer. I implore everybody to go check that out. But the end of that novel also happens at the Battle of Jakku. So several of the Star Destroyers that uh, Rey is on or beside or outside of or as she speeds by are the ships from those novels and games. Right. Um, including the at-at she stays in as well as from Battlefront. Mm. Um, but yeah, we see her doing her normal thing of like scavenging sh- shit. She's outside of the Super Star Destroyer. She takes the last of her water, takes the rest of her scrap, and just slides down this hill, goes to her like uh, makeshift speeder, puts all her scrap on it, gets on it, and just speeds away from uh, all this wreckage. We see her uh, cutting across this like moisture farm, past this like down Star Destroyer, and she goes to this a place called Nema Outpost. We see her in her normal day-to-day of her taking her scrap, taking it to a nearby like cleaning table, just scrubbing it up, making it look nice. Um, We see her looking at an old woman, potentially looking at her future of just cleaning these parts, and Mm -hmm. just the time has beaten the shit out of this woman. We see Ray reflecting on that. Uh, Cut to her in front of a character named Unkar Plutt. He's like this uh, junker that takes old scrap, gives you, pays you in uh, food, in portions. And uh, Ray offers her scrap that she found for the day, and he offers her a quarter portion. We see her take it. Uh, she doesn't argue. She just is like, all right, this is what I get for that's, the day. That's fair. 
Um, she takes it. We cut to her in her uh, arriving outside of her place. We see it's a downed ATAT that she has made a makeshift home in. And uh, we cut to inside. She makes another uh, nicked mark for how many days she's been here. And we see she's been here for quite a while. Um, whenever we get to the flashback, I'll mention why she's been there for so long and what happened. And obviously, I'll talk about it even more once we get to Rise right. of Skywalker. Because it's definitely revealed why she's on Jakku in Rise of Skywalker. But we see her prepare her meal. And we see her take out portions of the packet that she was given for the quarter portion. And she pours a bunch of it into the water. Now, uh, with the uh, with this practical effect, where we see that this powder gets dumped into this water, and we just see we hold on that shot of uh, her mixing this stuff into the water, and we with see with a fingy. Yes, we see all the liquid drain out of it, and then we see this puff of bread come up out of it. That's all practical. All they did was figure out a way to drain the water out of it, and then puff up this little makeshift bread device that they had so that way whenever she pulls it off she just pull it right off and you won't be any the wiser um so it's all practical in that sense that you see all that happening she takes the hunk of bread goes outside of her uh makeshift home and eats it cut to some time later she's finishing up and she's just enjoying herself she puts on a uh, rebellion helmet and is just sitting there like a goofy-ass kid. Just like, this is my, what I'm going to do for the afternoon. Just sit here with a rebellion helmet Mom's, on. Mom's not here. I can wear my helmet if I want. Yes. And Much like Greg did with all of his <laughs> right, helmets right. while Sarah was gone. Right. Uh, That's why I had the TV up so loud so we could hear it through the helmet. <laughs> right. But we hear uh, a commotion happening. We hear like a BB unit jostling with somebody else just in distress of some sort. Uh, Ray takes off her helmet, grabs her staff, and books it to where the commotion is going on. She uh, comes atop of a hill, and she sees the BB unit, Poe's BB unit, being accosted by another small guy on, like, a big hulking horse, metal horse thing. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what to call it. I've got a bunch of tabletop Star Wars books of, like, uh, like the art of creatures of Star Wars and shit like that. And I just didn't want to go digging for them, so I have no idea what the name of this character... I know the name of the character, I just don't know what the name of the beast is. The character's named Tito. Um, T-E-E-D-O. Tito. Ray says, hey. Tito yells out a few things back at her, and basically Ray tells him to fuck off. Fuck you, this is mine. Yeah. She's like, no, fuck you. It's a droid. And he's like, well, but droids aren't people. And she goes, well, that's racist. <laughs> yeah. So you should probably stop that. Yes. And Droids, droids are people. Droids matter. <laughs> Hashtag droid lives matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, and he's like, fine, fuck you. And like and the net that BB-8 is in, he just lets go. Just keeps yeah, BB-8 like, in the net. And he's like, fuck you, you figure it out. Ray gets BB-8 out of it as, he stomp, as Tito stomps away. And uh, Ray's like, look, he just wanted to sell you. so He was going to part you out yes uh ray's like oh your tennis broke or bent uh she fixes it and then asks the droid is like what are you doing here and ray and bb is like uh he, he says uh, it in beeps but she responds with i'll know you <laughs> yeah um uh, top re- secret huh yeah she responds with top secret yeah me too uh very top secret and then she's like all right uh you're gonna want to go that way to nema post uh don't go uh to the right because that's the uh uh, D- Junlin Wastelands or some shit like that? Yeah, I think so. Well, something like that. Um, and she's like, you'll be there in about a day, so just head that way. Uh, not to the Junlin Wastelands, but to the left to where Nima Outpost is, and, she'll be, and he'll be able to get and help he'll be wherever. fine. 
She walks back to her place, and BB-8 starts to follow her. And Ray's like, no, no, no. You go that way. I'm going to go this way. And BB uh, says something, and she's like, oh, fine. Come on. But I'm so sleepy. <laughs> yes. And then as they're walking away, Ray asks, so what's your name? And then Ray responds with, oh, BB-8. Cut two. Uh, Poe being brought onto the main, uh, the what is the name of the ship? The ship that we saw at the beginning of the movie, the Finalizer, is the name of this ship. Um, being brought to the Finalizer, being uh, brought in by other uh, troopers and taken away. We cut to, for or not cut to, but as he's passing a stormtrooper, we see Finn come into frame. And then the camera tracks Finn onto the transport ships. Finn gets into the transport ships one of the transport ships and then uh takes off his helmet helmet, and you see he's in distress he's breathing heavy he's fucking panicking he doesn't know what the fuck to do and then uh before he even puts it back on he's oh he hears a voice behind him he's like fn2187 turns around and there's uh captain phasma she's like hey um why don't you take your gun to wherever the gun manufacturer is get it checked and then report back to me for reconditioning and then he says, yes, Captain Phasma, each time. And then she's like, and also, who said you can fucking take off your helmet? And he's like, oh, sorry, Captain Phasma. And he puts back on his helmet. Uh, cut to Ray is trying to uh, sell off more parts. Yeah. And Unkar's like, look, I'll give you half a portion for this. And Ray's like, well, that was half a portion for each of those that I have in front of you. And Unkar's like, nah, nothing I can do about it. But... I will give you 60 portions for that droid right here. And he just starts laying portions after portions after portions, a packet after packet in front of her. It's like this mound of fucking packets. She'll be able to eat for the rest of the year or whatever the fuck. And everybody goes, damn. And she's about to take the deal. She even puts her hand up onto the pile of portions and then rethinks it. And then she's like, nope, I'm going to take my half portion and get the fuck out of here. He's not for sale. And then she bombs away. He swipes all the portions off the fucking counter, slams his fucking door shut, and then grabs a nearby like walkie-talkie. As, as he's slamming his door shut, he's talking on the walkie-talkie and says, like, tell them to bring me the droid. Yeah, he says, follow the girl and bring me the droid or some shit like that. Cut two, Poe is in that gurney chair I was talking about a few seconds ago. He's passed out, but then Kylo Ren says, I didn't know we had the famous Poe Dameron on our ship. Oh, wow, look at this. Wowee. Kylo's like, look, I know you know where the map is to find Luke Skywalker, so why don't you just tell me? Poe's like, no, bitch, that didn't happen. I'm not fucking telling you shit. You dark side guys will never get the location out of me. And then Kylo's like, that's fine. We've got other ways of figuring out the information that we need. And we just see Kylo raise up his hand to Poe's face and it holds on that with the uh, hand in frame off to the right and just locked on Poe's face. And we see that the hands are like tightening and uh, like constricting in manner. And then we see Poe starting to get worse and worse and worse. (sighs) And he screams out in pain, cut to slam cut to a foot walking and Kylo Ren coming into frame. And he's talking to, Hux, he's like, uh, the uh, map to Luke Skywalker is in a BB unit on Jakku. And Hux is like, all right, I'll send a transport right away. And Kylo's like, I'll leave that up to you, and walks out. Sometime later, we see Finn walking up into the room where Poe is 
uh, chained to, like the door gurney, or not the door, but the chair gurney thing that Poe's chained up to. He walks into the room, and there's two uh, troopers guarding Poe. Yeah. And he says, uh, Kylo Ren wants to see him. And we see Finn take Kylo out of this uh, interrogation room and escort him out. They go into a nearby corridor, sneak off into it, and Finn rips off his helmet. He's like, um, can you fly a, sh- a TIE fighter? And Poe's like, what the fuck? Can you fly a TIE fighter? Bitch, I can fly anything. Like, I'm so good. I... I've flown, like, hundreds of them. Finn's like, oh, so this is great. Oh, we'll get you out of here. I'm going to get you out of here. Poe's like, why? Well, why are you helping me? And Finn gets all in, like, heroic pose. And is like, it's just the right thing to do. Yes. And it holds for a beat on that. And then Poe's like, nah, well, you shit. need a driver. You just you need, need a, a pilot. pilot. He's pilot. like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I need a pilot. Yep. Cut to seconds later, uh, Finn's got the helmet back on. They have Poe looking like he's still under, uh, uh, like, got handcuffs on and shit. Um, we see Poe, or not Poe, but we see uh, Finn trying to encourage himself not to lose his shit, not to panic. And Poe's like, I'm not... Don't, don't panic, don't panic, don't panic. Poe's like, I'm not panicking. And uh, Finn is like, I wasn't... I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> like, I'm panicking right now. Yeah. Uh, they get onto the uh, TIE fighter. And so these TIE fighters are a bit different than the uh, Empire TIE fighters. So yes. the Empire TIE fighters only fit one person that they had to fly and gun at the same time. The, the First Order TIE fighters are a bit different where you have two people in this TIE fighter, um, one to gun and the other one to fly. Yep. And they both get into the one TIE fighter. We see Finn on the gun and obviously Poe on the pilot seat. And they start to go. And it looks like they're going to make a clean escape. And then, tunk, and they are tethered uh, to a hose line of some sort. I'm assuming a fuel line. Uh, we see inside the main command unit. And they're like, hey, uh, TIE fighter, we, yada, yada, yada. We have an unscheduled uh, TIE fighter activation. Yeah, and the guy in charge is like, I don't remember ever okaying that. Uh, stop that, <laughs> pretty much. Make make it not do things. <laughs> yes. Uh, cut to seconds later, and all hell is, hell is broken loose in the main hangar. Uh, Finn has now opened fire up onto the every, every Storm First Order trooper right there on the hangar deck, and they have opened fire back on him. It's just a big, like, small little firefight as Poe is trying to unhook them from this fuel line. I got it, I got it. It's fine. And we see the TIE fighter, like, clink a few more times. It's like, try this. Goes away, or tries to move away. Still tethered. Try this. Still tethered. And eventually, uh, he figures out a way to untether themselves. They get out. They're now out in space, trying to fucking figure out a way to get away from being shot at from the First Order and ship. Uh, Poe tells Finn to take out the... Plasma guns? I think you're right. Or something, because if they don't, they're not going to make it far at all. Yep. Uh, and I, they're working in tandem with one another, like, working really well f- with one another. And this is part of the groundwork that they started laying, and I really hope, wished, kind of, that they would make them, like, lovers of some sort. Like, this is the beginning of that. We even see it later on, whenever they see each other for the first time after a little while. I was like, these... This is not a friendship. These are two people that really want to fuck one another. <laughs> and it looked like they were leaning that way for the few films. And then uh, Rise of Skywalker happens. And then 
I didn't see any of them get a shot in the mouth, Ryan, so <laughs> even though I was hoping for it, Ryan. Um, but yeah, they're working really well with one another. They're uh, bobbing and weaving all underneath the side of this ship. We see Finn end up taking out a few of the guns. He's very fucking happy about this. We see Poe's like, yeah, way to go. What's your name? And Finn's like, my name is FN1 or FN2187. And Poe's like, I'm sorry, what? He's like, look, that's the, the only name is, they gave me. FN? And he's like, yeah, that's what they gave me. I've been basically raised by the First Order. And uh, I'd never really had a name. And he's like, well, I'm not going to fucking call you that. I'm going to call you Finn. How does that work? Is Finn good? And he's like, yeah, Finn's great. He's like, I'm Finn. He's like, oh, cool. I'm Poe. Now we're besties. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And uh, Poe's like, look. Finn, I need to get the fuck back on Jakku. And right away, Finn's like, why the fuck? Why? Why are we going back to Jakku? <laughs> and he's like, look, I left a BB unit on that planet. I need to get back there and grab the BB unit. It has a map to Luke Skywalker. And Finn's like, a map to Luke Skywalker? Why? You gotta be kidding me. And cut to inside the ship. We see that uh, everyone is now alerted to Finn taking the uh, prisoner off the ship and is now fighting their way out back onto Jakku. Uh, they, we see the first remnants of what, how they got a bunch of like First Order troopers. We see that there's a readout for Finn uh, as a young child. And we also get later on that uh, General Hux, along with a bunch of other like uh, First Order troopers, have figured out a way to just steal a bunch of children and recondition them and become stormtroopers of sorts for right. the First Order. Brainwash them and... And... This is uh, the storyline, uh, a part of the storyline in Shadow of the Empire, where Lando Calrissian's daughter is stolen by somebody. He's not sure who. The trail on where his daughter was taken from and where he thought they were going went cold, and he hasn't been able to find her. And then he gets hints of where the First Order might be or where the child might have been taken, and it's a whole mess of shit for uh, Lando Calrissian. Um, and it leads into what happens in Rise of Skywalker as well. Um, but that's what happened with Finn. He was stolen from wherever he came from and uh, basically raised as a child to be a stormtrooper. Right. Uh, and as uh, Finn and Ky- or Finn and Poe are arguing back and forth about whether or not they should go back to Jakku, we see several missiles, like plasma missiles, uh, arc off of a weapon and head right to them. We see Poe trying to you know argue with Finn and try to... Uh, Bob and weave away from these uh, missiles. We see we see him take out two of them, but then end up missing the last one, and it hits them right on the side, and they go careening into the planet of Jakku. Cut to I'm assuming like an 30 minutes to an hour later, and it's just that shot of just Finn waking up like oh, it's what we got in the teaser trailer yeah. of uh, the Black Stormtrooper, which is should have been a fucking indication of how this sequel trilogy would have went audience-wise with a bunch of, like, shitty Star Wars fans. But whenever we first got glimpses of a black stormtrooper, a ton of fucking racists came out of the woodwork and be like, a black stormtrooper, that would fucking never happen. This is bullshit. This is all woke agenda bullshit. Whatever the fuck. Even though I don't understand why it matters if the stormtrooper is black or not. Still wears white armor. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It makes no difference. Um... Fun fact, they're all black under there. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> probably at least one of the people wearing them pointy hoods that you wear at your uh, <laughs> local meetings is probably also black. Right. Uh, Finn realizes that he doesn't see Finn or doesn't see Poe anywhere at all, and he sees that off in the distance, about a hundred yards away, he sees the crash ship that they were all on. He's in an ejector seat for the Tie Fighter. We see the parachute on the ground and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes to where the ship is, and it's just in fucking. It's on fire at this point. It's just in disarray and about half sank. Yes, and uh, Finn walks up and he's yelling for Poe, and no response whatsoever from Poe. He looks into the ship, but he can't really see clearly because it's on fire. He sees pit of and in like the sand, buried in the sand a little bit. Like yeah, the Tie, tie a, Fighter itself. A portion of the Tie Fighter is. Buried in the sand. Yep. Uh, and he sees Poe's jacket nearby, grabs it, but then can't really see if Poe is still alive or if Poe is anywhere around. But then at that same instance of him trying to figure out what to do next, we see this ground shift below him. And the TIE Fighter gets drug under the ground. We see him scurry away from where the TIE Fighter is. Yeah. What? No. I, I thought you were thinking of something else. I was like, oh, did I say I, something? No, you're right. Um, scurries away from the TIE Fighter. At first, I thought that it was like a critter that was eating it, but... Oh, like, yeah, like something was in the sand, like yeah, swallowing like a, it whole, but no, it's just like, like the, a, the quicksand that Poe, right. or that Ray was mentioning earlier uh, for BB-8 not to go the, into. In the Badlands of... Oh, we did miss um, a little scene as, like, before he wakes up after the crash, there's a report on the Star Destroyer, um, they tell Kylo Ren that it's it was crashing in the Badlands. Badlands, of, yeah. Jakku, whatever the yeah, fuck. Yeah, whatever. The Badlands of Targaryen, <laughs> right. Jakku. Right. Uh, and yeah, and that they would send a detachment down to go and retrieve the the two... The, the, the pilot, pilot and... Pilot the, and the stormtrooper. And the stormtrooper who's going to be in some real bad trouble. Yep. Uh... So, yeah, we just follow Ray, or not Ray, but we follow Finn for a little bit, and we see that time has passed now, and we just see him like taking off pieces of the Stormtrooper armor. Right. Dragging the Poe coat with him. And after he gets all of the Stormtrooper armor off, he puts on the Poe coat. Yep. And uh, right when he gets the last piece of armor off and he puts on the coat, we see he's on the outskirts of Nima Outpost. And he's dying. Near yeah. death. For water. He's looking for any sort of fucking water. And he's just, he gets to the Nemo outpost. He starts accosting a bunch of people. They all tell him to basically water. go fuck himself. Water. And he gets to uh, like this main open area where this big fucking pig thing is. They call it a hepibore. It, but it's like this big fucking pig dog thing. Pig rhinoceros yeah. dog thing. Uh, for some reason, they gave it an asshole because we cut to. Finn running away from it, and we see it's asshole for whatever reasons. Uh, But yeah, he gets to the where the hey critters got a shit, right? Okay, we get to where the hapivore is drinking a bunch of water, and Finn reacts to the smell from the hapivore, but he's like, you know what, fuck it, and he digs right into the water. Well, no, he he drinks the water for a few seconds, Uh and then he's like, oh thank God, water. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. I, I hate this. 
tries to drink some more. Yep. Like, ooh, man, this is really bad. <laughs> and the Habivore's like, fuck you then. You yeah. don't get on my water and pushes it out. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yep. Uh, and at that same instance, we, he, he hears a commotion. Because uh, we see Ray in the background as he's dealing with this Habivore is walking with BB-8. And then all of a sudden, Finn hears a commotion of uh, Ray being accosted by two of Unkar's men. We see them toss some sort of, like, sack over BB-8 as Ray is, uh, like, grabbed. And then Ray quickly, we see Finn start to run up to try like, to help hey, her. Hey, He stops because he realizes Ray has this under oh, control. She, she got it. She got it. That's she, fine. She, she hands she, these two guys their she asses. She got it. And as uh, Finn is watching this take place, uh, Ray is talking to BB-8 after she, she just kicked the ass of these two guys. And then BB-8 turns in Finn's direction and sees Finn and sees Finn in Poe's coat and then tells like, Ray, Oh, hell no! Nah! Tells Ray, and Ray's like, I'm sorry, what? We just see them talk for a bit. We don't see what they say. And then she just looks at Finn, gets the angriest face on a uh, look on her face, and just books it towards Finn. Initially, Finn's like, are you, are you running towards me? And as she gets closer and closer and sees more and more anger on her face. Oh, shit, you are running towards me. He starts booking it the other way. Uh, she chases after him, uh, and they end up in like this little like tent hut area. And uh, Finn has, or not Finn, but uh, Ray has circled around him. And then as he's uh, turning the corner, she brings up her staff and hits him right in the face. He goes down on the ground. BB-8 comes up beside Finn. And Finn's like, hey, why did you do that? And BB-8 just brings out a taser and shocks him right in the leg. He's like, hey, stop that. And then Ray's like, he wants to know what you did with his owner. And I'm, Finn's like, I'm sorry, what? The jacket, it belonged to his owner. And then Finn's like, oh, oh fuck. shit. Um, I helped him escape from the first order. Our ship crash landed, and I, I'm sorry. He, he died. He's he's dead. I tried to help him. Yeah, and then uh, we see BB-8 react to this like, oh, and oh, then my Poe slowly rolls away. Um, Ray says, oh, so you're with the resistance, and Finn, being a hormonal, like, young adult. Pops up, he's like, yes, yes, I'm with the Resistance. And seeing a very uh, attractive young woman in front of him, it tries to, uh, so I, I, I guess, fumbly try to flirt with her. He's like, yeah, I'm with the Resistance. I'm with the Resistance. This is what the resi- this is what people from the Resistance look like. They look like me. He some people to- look different. <laughs> yeah. But, but some people look like me too. And uh, I'm I'm Resistance person person yes in <laughs> yes and he, he what does he say next he says oh uh his master held a map for luke's, luke's uh, for the location of luke skywalker and then ray turns around he's like luke skywalker i thought he was a myth and then uh as they're about to have a more of a conversation we hear no no this isn't the tie fighter thing as they're about to have more of the conversation finn looks and he sees Stormtroopers asking people, uh, I guess, a question about where a black guy is. <laughs> because there's no other black guy, and they immediately beeline it towards him. Yeah. Have you seen one of those... Um, I don't want to say it. You say it. I don't want to say it. You say it. <laughs> I don't want to say it. You say it. Have you seen a black guy? <laughs> yes. Uh, there's only like... Three in the whole universe. <laughs> yes. So, uh, Finn sees and, this, and one of them was a white guy. 
Yeah. Uh, secretly a white guy. Whenever he took off his helmet, he was a white guy. Um, <laughs> they tried to tell us <laughs> that we want to be white. Oh, we all wants to be white. Isn't that true? <laughs> What's a Nubian? Man, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Um, uh, oh, but fuck it. Oh, so Finn sees that the forced order is now barreling towards them and says, Ray, we got to go and grabs her by the hand. It's, it's going to be worse than your, uh, your staff. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yes. He's like, we need to get the hell out of here. I'm like, I'm like, oh, they're stormtroopers. We know how to aim. Or they know how to aim. I'm not one of them. I'm a resistance fighter. <laughs> yes. Resistance fighters look like me. <laughs> he grabs Ray by the hand and she immediately is like, What the fuck are you grabbing my hand for? And he's like, This way. She yells for BB. BB comes trailing out behind them. She's chastising him for grabbing her by the hand, which I fucking love. She's like, I don't need you to fucking hold my hand to know how to run. Fucking let go. <laughs> and they stop and then they uh, think they're going to get away from him. And then more stormtroopers come into the fold. He re- fucking grabs her hand again. She's like, would you stop grabbing my hand as they book it away from where the stormtroopers are? They get to a nearby, like, enclosed tent hut thing. And Finn's like, is there any weapons around here at all? And he starts rummaging around shit. And there's nothing. He's got no weapon whatsoever. And Ray's like, what is fucking going on here? And Finn's like, look, this is the first order. They're here. They're here to get me. They followed me here. I'm sorry, but you're in this as well. There's nothing I can do about it. They they saw you with me, so now you're complicit, and you're in trouble too. And then as Ray is uh, like, uh, basically yelling at him, uh, he's like, oh, wait, no. Or no, she's not yelling at him. She's talking to BB-8, and BB-8 is like lamenting to her about something, and she's listening. And then Finn comes up between the two of them. He's like, wait, wait, stop. And he hears the... As the... The TIE fighters go by in the sky. He's like, we need to get the fuck out of here now. They book it out of the tent area. Remember when I said things were going to get worse? Things just got worse. He grabs her by the hand, and she once again is like, stop grabbing my hand. And then as they all three exit this tent, a fucking torpedo bomb or some sort hits the big tent area. Everything fucking explodes. They get thrown from the tent. We see BB-8 being tossed into the air. He hits the ground. Finn hits the ground pretty fucking hard and gets knocked the fuck out. Ray pops up after landing on the ground, looks up, looks around, sees Finn is concussed. She walks over to him, offers him her hand as he uh, wakes up. It's like, come on, let's go. Let's get out of here. He takes it. They fucking book it to the nearest fucking ship to get the hell out of here. BB-8 trailing right behind them. She's like, oh, we can take... We can take this. We can take this quad jumper. And then Finn off to the side points to another ship. He's like, why can't we take that one? She's like, that one's a hunk of junk. That one's garbage, is what she says, as they head towards a quad jumper. But the First Order sees the ship she's running towards and takes it out, and it explodes right in front of her. They stop, and she's like, garbage will do. We turn to as the camera turns towards their left, and we see it's music. Music swells. Yes. We see it's the Millennium Falcon with like a tarp covering over it. They get into the ship. We see it get powered on by Ray. She points to like the down, the gunner ship underneath the Millennium Falcon as she boots up everything. Finn goes down and starts accumulating himself with the uh, guns on the outside of the Millennium Falcon. Which apparently up to this point, he has not used guns on a ship. Outside of the TIE Fighter, yeah. Well, no, yeah, the TIE Fighter with Poe, because Poe tells him how to shoot in the TIE Fighter, and then here, and he's like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. I'm figuring it out, I'm figuring it out. And then we see them both basically uh, 
saying some sort of like affirmation I can, to I themselves. Can do this. <laughs> yes. I can do this. <laughs> yes, the both of them say it. Uh, she gets the ship up in the air, and she's about to take off from the planet. And Finn's like, no, 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 no. Keep us low to the ground. It screws with their sensors. Uh, we see Ray do that, just that. And then we see, uh, was it, like two or three of TIE fighters come barreling out from uh, the sky towards them. Yep. She is now bobbing and weaving through the... Uh, a graveyard of the Empire with all these ships and TIE right, fighters all the, and all the Star Destroyers. Star Destroyers and stuff. And she starts bobbing and weaving. We see Finn starting to take out a few of the TIE fighter, the First Order TIE fighters. He's doing his thing. He's fucking kicking ass, taking names. Uh, at one point, we see the last uh, First Order TIE fighter basically damage the uh, gunner position to where it's just in a forward position, just sticking straight out. He can't move it, can't uh, use it in any way whatsoever. He tells Ray this, and then she's like, "All right, hold on." And we see her just bobbing and weaving through star destroyers, and then she pops out of one, flips the f- ship over as the Tie Fighter comes trailing out from behind them, and in- now the underside of the Millennium Falcon is in the right position to fire at that last and remaining it, ship. It comes into view of the target computer, Finn shoots, and uh, blows it up. And then she, uh, then Ray punches it again. Yes. Starting the ship, flying out into, I think, don't they go to space at this point? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now that they out, don't have any more. Out into space. And then they meet in the, like, or we also get a scene with BB 8 where he's just in the ship fucking, being tossed around. Fucking getting launched <laughs> in the ship, like, during, during the midst of this chase. And probably my favorite sound effect in Star Wars history is whenever he hits the ground, like whenever he rolls up around like the round side and then lands and and makes the same pinging noise as the stormtrooper who hits his helmet (laughs) walking through the door in episode four. Yeah. Like just a thunk. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, they both come out, her from the cockpit, him from uh, the gunner ship, and they're both like very fucking excited. It's like, you, you were that? great! Yeah, I was you great. were great! I was great! But, but you were great! No, that wasn't great! You were great! You did so good! And then it's like... <laughs> but before... Uh, I, just, yeah. I just licked the shit out of that. Foam and metal is not really that tasty. Uh, before they can... Basically, go, slow go, down. Go heels to Jesus. <laughs> yes. Uh, you just see a. Pss- yes, a bunch of smoke coming up from underneath. <laughs> oh fuck! We should probably fix that. Yep. Uh, Ray uh, takes the one panel, lifts it up, goes down, and she's like, "Look." She mentions like the type of gas that's now leaking into the main ship. She's like, "I need to fix it, or we're all gonna die." She tells Finn to hand her a, a, a tool. She's like, look, uh, in order for us to get BB-8 out of here and safe and sound, I need to know the location since, of... Since you know where the resistance base is, or since you remember the resistance and you know where the resistance base is, and we need to get him to the resistance, uh, just tell me where the resistance base is so that once we fix this, we can get him to the resistance base. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I know where that's at. Yes. I totally know. And then she ducks back down and he's... Uh, <laughs> talks to BB-8. He like, he's, like, he's like, come here. He's come like, here. he's like, all right, I'm gonna level with you. I'm not a member of the <laughs> And BB-8 like rolls away he's a little like, bit. He's like, huh? Fucking duh. <laughs> I fucking know that. I know all the members of the resistance. <laughs> we didn't have any blacks in there. 
<laughs> Confirming the fact that BB-8 is racist. <laughs> right. Uh, but he's like, you need to get back there. I just need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, away from the First Order. I need to get away from the First Order. So just tell her where, like, I'll just, you know, keep pretending to be a Resistance member. You tell her where it's at. You get back home and I get the hell out of here and everybody's good, good. Like, everything's, yeah, everything's yeah, good. Everybody's good, good, yeah. <laughs> and BB-8's like, uh... And then Ray pops her head back up and... She's like, okay, so where's the resistance base? And he's like, oh, yeah, BB-8, tell her. Yeah. And then and we see BB-8. BB-8, like, still hesitates for a minute and kind of looks at both of them. And then, <laughs> back and forth, back and forth, back and, then and forth. He, uh, and then he makes a couple of beep noises. And I don't remember what. She says the uh, Ilenium system. The, the Ilenium system. And he's like, yeah, yeah, the Ilenium system. That, that's where it's at. <laughs> she ducks back down. She ducks back down. He gives he him gives, a thumbs he up. He gives BB-8 a thumbs up and BB-8. <laughs> Flicks out his lighter and gives him a thumbs up. <laughs> yep. um, uh, so she's basically, uh, as she's putting this all together as well, as they're talking about the Ilenium system and getting BB-8 back to the Ilenium system, she's like, oh, no, I need you to hand me that tape right there. And then Finn's like, this tape? And she's like, no, the one no, I'm pointing to. That, no. That, that, no. That right there, no. the one that I'm pointing to. That tape, <laughs> yes. the tape that I am currently engaged in pointing at. If you don't get this gas as quickly, or get this tape as quickly as possible, this entire chamber will fill up with poisonous gas and we'll all die. We'll all die. <laughs> Give me the tape. <laughs> yes. And finally BB-8 <laughs> rolls over and is like, man. And points at it. <laughs> this one. <laughs> yes. Tosses Gets it to Ray. tape. And uh, then... Right as she fixes the problem with the gas, we hear, like, clunk, clunk, clunk. And uh, right away, Finn's like, that's not good. They get to the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, and all they see is, like, some sort of metallic, like, mouth open up and, like, swallow the Millennium Falcon. We see from the outside, our perspective is, we see, like, this big, like, intergalactic carrier of some sort, like, swallowing up the Millennium Falcon. It looks almost like a whale shark. Kind of. Doesn't look first order, but right away Finn is like, "It's got to be the first order." There's no way it's not the first order. They found us this fucking quickly. It, it has to be the first order. We need to get the fuck no, out of he, here. He says that it's a first order ship. Yeah, he thinks it's a first order ship, but we see from the outside it's not a first order ship. Oh, because you know it's too beaten up. It's too ragged looking. It looks too much like a cargo hold type ship in and of itself. Oh, yeah, that's true. He's convinced that it's first order. He tells Ray, he's like, "Look." So that issue with the gas line that you were just talking about. She's like, I fixed it. He's like, yeah, but what could if you, you unfix could it? Could you unfix it? They grab a bunch of uh, a couple of respirators and they make a dash for where they just were. Well, and sh- he tells her then that the first order trooper masks filter out smoke, smoke, but not toxins. Yeah. So this poisonous gas will kill the First Order troopers, and they'll be able to then get away after yep. they're all dead. Uh, they get down into that main compartment area where Ray just smugglers was. smuggler's hatch. Yes. She closes the hatch behind them and then starts try- trying to unravel the uh, tape that she just wrapped around this one pipe. In the same instance, we th- see the door of the Millennium Falcon jut open, and in comes Han Solo and Chewbacca. It says the iconic line from the last trailer that we got before this movie, before we saw this movie. Good to be home. No, it's er, Chewy. We're Chewy, home. we're home. It is a moment in a trailer I will never fucking forget. It's one of those moments where you watch it and you're like, oh my God, they fucking are. And you just start 
bawling your fucking eyes out. So excited for things that are going to come whenever you watch this movie, for the feelings that you're going to get whenever you watch this movie. And you and I both saw this movie together in the theaters. Yes. And there were several moments where I was just starting to get choked up. There was one moment in particular where I started crying. Yeah. And we'll get to it near the end of this movie, but it fucking killed me whenever I watched it. But uh, we see Han and Chewie get into the main uh, like living area where Ray and Finn just were. And they start looking around. They see a few things have changed. And then they hear some sort of commotion underneath. And immediately, uh, we see Ray still trying to get the tape off. And they open up, uh, Chewbacca and Han open up the hatch and see Finn and Ray with BB 8 in this little smuggler's hold looking up at them. And right away, they're like, they're, they're kind of like cats that got caught chewing on food from the counter. I know what that's like, Ryan. Do you? Yeah. I've caught cats. As they come around a corner, looking at them as they eat stuff off the counter! Anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but uh, they see each other, and then uh, Han's like, what the fuck are you doing down there? Get out of there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You, you silly goose. Yeah, and uh, what is it? Chewbacca says something, like growls at them. And then Ray's like, no, they ask them, who's the pilot? And then Ray's like, I am. And then Chewbacca says something in Wookiee. And then Ray's like, no, really, I am. And Finn's like, oh, you can understand that thing? And then Han is like, that That thing thing can can understand understand you. you. (laughs) So watch it. Uh, They get up out of the little smuggler's hatch area. Han's like, look, uh, Chewie, let's find us a nearest habitable planet and get them out of here. And then... Get them in one of the pods and get them out of here. Han asks, where'd you get the ship? And she's like, uncover plot. And because Han also asks, like, did you steal it from Duquesne? And she, she's like, no, I got it from Ungar Plutt. No, it's I stole it from Ungar Plutt, who stole it from. Yeah, I got it written down. Ray stole it from Ungar Plutt, who stole it from the Irving boys, who stole it from Duquesne, and who Duquesne stole it from was Han Solo. And Han finishes that out after she says Duquesne, because he's like, and Duquesne stole it from me. It's like, oh, shit, this is his. Yep, and then Ray's like, so you're Han Solo. And then as Han's, like, looking at everything and walking away from her, he's like, I used to be. Well, Finn says, the the uh, Republic hero? And Ray says, no, the smuggler. That's right. And then she yells, like, didn't you make the Kessel Run in 14, 14 parsecs? parsecs? And 12. Like, 12 as he enters the cockpit. F- 14. <laughs> yes. <laughs> These kids today. Um, and he just looks at the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, and he's very happy. He's just like, this is where I'm meant to be. Like, look on his face. He gets back into the main hold area. This is where he mentions, like, hey, Chewie, let's find the nearest habitable, uh, habitable pl- planet and drop them off. And then Ray's like, no, 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 we need to get this BB-8 unit to the resistance we need can you help us can you help us get to the resistance and raise or uh han's like why finn's like because he has a map of luke, the location luke skywalker to the location of luke skywalker and we see han just stop as they're having this conversation and finn's like he was a friend of yours wasn't he you knew him you knew him and han turns around and before he turns around we see on han's look like some shit has gone down not yeah. maybe between him and Luke, but between that him and Luke are involved in that him and Luke both are heartbroken over. This is right. the fucking brilliant acting from Harrison Ford because he says so much with doing so little. You see on his face like no. something happened. 
And he turns around and he's like, yeah, I knew Luke. And at that same instance, we hear clanging going on. And immediately he's like, shit, the Rathars better not have gotten loose. The what? The fucking Rathars? You got Rathars over here? Yes. And Finn's like, what do you mean Rathars? You got fucking Rathars here. And then as Luke or Han is escorting him through into the main cargo like area, he's like, yeah, I had to grab a couple for some king on some planet he mentions. I can't remember exactly. They see on a security camera, they're like, hey, look, it's the Guavian Death Gang is here. They're, I don't know why they're fucking here, but let me go handle this. You two hide. Hide under here. He points to a nearby like uh, underground like cubbyhole grate thing that they can crawl into. I'll keep hold of the BB unit. Don't think about taking off with my fucking Falcon. Don't take my ship again. And once they're gone, we'll figure out what to do with you next. Uh, we see them get to like this main hallway area where they are... And Han's get, about to walk to the other end of it, and then the doors open, and there comes the Guavian Death Gang uh, with, like, these red helmets with like, oh, we a also... circle in front of them with the Guavian Death Gang on one end. And what does he call it? What's his name? What is it? Balatik. He's like, good to see you. And uh, Balatik is like, no, not this time, Han Solo. You took money from us. We want it back now. And Han's like, no, I will get you your money once I sell these Rathars. So just give me a moment, and I'll get you your money. And then Bala is like, well, what about uh, the uh, Conja Club? He's like, what about Conja Club? And he's like, Conja Club? I never got any money from Conja Club. I haven't even talked to Conja Club. I don't know no Conja Clubs. <laughs> and then Bala's like, why don't you tell that to Conja Club? And then here they come at the other end of the hallway, and they're like, hello, Solo. And then... Uh, <laughs> What does he call him? Tasu Leech is his name. Yeah. He's like, oh, good to see you. Good to see you. <laughs> and he's like, look, I, I this, this is the most Indiana Jones Han Solo has ever <laughs> yes. been. He's trying to talk his way out of an impossible fucking situation. It's so fucking brilliant. But he's trying to convince the two of them that their best interest is not to fucking do anything now. He will get him their money once he's delivered the Rathars. And they're like, nope. Not going to happen this time. Not today, Solo. And Bala is like, you know what? I did hear about the First Order looking for a BB unit. Looked similar to the one you've got right there. Along with two fugitives. And he looks at Han and Chewie. And we see underneath that uh, Finn and Ray are now crawling through the uh, ducks underneath. And Ray's like, you know what? If I find out, figure out some way to, to uh, take out, what is it, like the circuits... For these doors, I can block them off and we can all get out of here and keep them trapped where they are. So that way we can make a quick we can, escape. We can trap the gangs and all escape and get on the Millennium Falcon and get... And haul ass out of here. Get the fuck out of Dodge. And uh, she, they, we see the two of them crawling through the corridors underneath the walkway and they get to some uh, circuits and we see her starting to flip a few of them. And we hear doors and things clank and everything and it looks like it's going to pan out like they want right at the last second she goes uh-oh and then we hear roars and and uh-oh what do you mean uh-oh and she says wrong fuses yep and it flashes up to han and he says i've got a bad feeling about this and we see the doors for that were housing the wrath tars open up and we see wrath tars and the wrath tars are like this big meatball looking motherfuckers with like these tentacles and like 80 fucking eyes all over them sharp dangly teeth monstrous looking fucking things they look like uh oh fuck what the hell what that kind of 
Yeah, uh, kind of. That's uh, the... Uh, what the hell is it called? The tentacle creature from the new Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, I know, but what's it called? I, I don't remember. remember. <laughs> the one with the big giant eye. <laughs> Blinky. <laughs> Um, but yeah, then there's three of them on the show. Cthulhu light. <laughs> yes. Tentacles, teeth, eyes. That's all you need to know, <laughs> yep. really. And there's three of them. Yeah. And we see uh, all three of them, like, fucking, like, storming through the hallways. Wink, winky, Blinky, and Sleep, and Slinky. <laughs> winky, Blinky, Sleepy, and Slinky? Yeah. <laughs> sure, why not? Winky, Blinky, and Slinky just start rolling through the hallways. To, uh, they start grabbing onto like different members of Conja Club and the Guavian Death Gang, and all hell starts breaking loose. We see Han and Chewie and BB just booking ass, trying to get to the other end of the hallway to get away from all this fucking Rathtar bullshit. Uh, Ray and Finn come up from underneath and are now in the main hallway with everybody else. They're also booking it towards the other way. At one point, Ray asks, Hey, what's a Rathtar? What's a Rathar look like? Uh, yes, and they round a corner, and there's a Rathar just tearing through motherfuckers left and right, just eating them, ripping them apart, and, and shit. And Finn goes, "That, that's what a Rathar." And we see Ray just cover her mouth in like shock. The whole fuck. They go down the other end, and as they're running away, we see Finn. Uh, we see a tentacle wrap around Finn's leg. He gets dragged away. He yells, "Ray!" She turns around, yells, "Finn!" She goes running after him, but it's it, that the tentacle from this Rathar is just hauling ass. Uh, with him uh, dragging behind it, just him screaming, grabbing onto anything he can. It's not working whatsoever. Ray gets to a nearby like security console, sees him being like pulled away to this Rathtar, and then times it just right, hits the closed door on one of the uh, corridors, and slams the door shut on the Rathtar tentacle, cutting off the Rathtar. Yeah, the the tentacle that is holding Finn. Yes, and he drops to the ground and then stands up and does the. The normal, like, yes, and he's trying to get out of the tentacle. Ray runs up, and (laughs) I don't know if it was just bad editing or if they meant this to be a joke, but he Ray runs up to him, and then Finn's like, Finn, did you see that? Just out of nowhere, just this door closed and just saved my life. And she's like, That was lucky, and then they cut. (laughs) (laughs) Well, pretty much this entire sequence crescendos into. Uh, Han and Chewbacca are at the end of this corridor trying to open up the door. Chewie gets shot in the arm. Han takes Chewie's bowcaster and fires a few rounds, taking out a few of the Conja Club and Quavian Death Gang. And he looks at the bowcaster. Huh. I like this. He opens up the door, helps uh, Chewbacca, uh, starts to help Chewbacca up out of the area that they're in. But then Ray and Finn come up and grab Chewbacca. As Han runs up the ramp of the well, Millennium Falcon. Han runs up the ramp, tells Ray to come with him, and tells Finn to take care of take Chewie. Care of Chewie. Um, now, <laughs> Finn is getting his ass handed to him by Chewbacca as he's trying to nurse Chewbacca. Like, Chewbacca's not having any of it. Like, he doesn't want to be nursed. He doesn't want to be helped. He doesn't want anything. He's just... Finn is trying to figure out some way to help him, like, find out, uh, find some sort of bandage or antiseptic ointment or something. And anytime he gets close to Chewbacca's arm, Chewbacca grabs him and throws him away. Pretty much is what happened. Um, But in the same instance, we see Han and Rey in the cockpit. And we, Rey, or not Rey, but Han had mentioned earlier that someone had added a compressor to the fuel line, which gives uh, stress to the hyperdrive. But you can't go anywhere without hitting the compressor 
uh, to start up the engines for the Millennium Falcon. So we see Han uh, just clicking, doing his thing like he normally would, and we see Rey assisting him as best she can, and then it looks like Han is trying to start up the ship, and then nothing happens. And he's like, uh, what the fuck? I thought this was running. And then Rey's like, that button. She doesn't hit it, but she just like gently points, like points to points it. To it. Like you, you forgot, you forgot. One. <laughs> yes, that, that one. he hits it. We hear the engine start up, and she's like, "Look, uh, Ray says, how are the fuck are we gonna get out of here?'" And at this point, we see a Rathtar is now on the glass of the cockpit, like trying to suck them, because we just see the suckers like attached, la, 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 just la, trying la. to get at them in some way. Han's like, look, we just need to jump to light speed to get the fuck out of here. The bay is already open. We just ball, just haul ass out of here. We'll be fine. We see them get the thing up in the air. He goes, jump, jump to light speed from inside? Is that even possible? And Han says, I don't like to ask that question until after I've done it. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, he gets it up in the air. He basically pulls the uh, hyperspace uh, levers all the way up, and boom, there and now into hyperspace. We see the Rathdar being pulled, like ripped apart yep. from the uh, Millennium Falcon. So it's a few minutes later, and they are now in hyperspace and going to uh, someplace that we're not sure just right. sure where just yet. Han gets in the main corridor, asks Chewie how he's doing. He's like, oh, you're all right, and just looks at Finn. He's like, you did all right, kid. Um, and then Han asks, he's like, let me see what the droid has. And we see the, yeah, the hollow me. projection of what the droid has, which is the map uh, or a part of the map of where – Hans or where Luke Skywalker is. They don't have the full map, but they have part of it. And they don't know where the other half of the map is. They're just right. All they have is the end point. They need to start point to figure out where they need to make certain jumps and get to where they need to get to where Luke is at. And then um Ray mentions that she heard stories about the Jedi and Luke Skywalker and how it was just all just stories. And then Hans like, "Yeah, I used to think that as well." I used to think it was just a bunch of mumbo jumbo, but and he turns around to the kids in a very sincere moment. He's like, "Look, it's real, all of it's it. It's all real. The Jedi, the light, dark side, all of it. It's real." Cut to, I think this is the scene with Hux and Kylo. Cut, yeah, in the corridor with Snoke, the hologram Snoke, mm-hmm. and we see Hux telling uh, Snoke, "He's like, look, they got away. Um, I accept responsibility." No, so there's a small scene in between Ray and Finn getting away. It's one of the first, like, uh, Kylo having a fit scene. Oh, yeah. Before Ray before ha- Han and... wrecks the console. Yes, before Han and Chewie find Ray and Finn, we cut to a scene of... Hold a, on, we can recreate it. Right. We see a scene... <laughs> yes, there's a small little button right there on the side. I just hit it with my fingertips. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm such a child. But are you kidding me? Look at everything <laughs> around me. Um, but we see uh, that a, a lonely deck officer has approached Kylo Ren. And Kylo's just standing in front of a console. Very timidly, yes. we may add. And he's like, sir, um, it looks like the BB unit jumped into a YT freighter and left Jakku with the stormtrooper and immediately Kylo loses his shit. Well, no, he initially asked, uh, uh, so a droid stole a YT freighter. And the officer's like, no, he had help from the stormtrooper. 
uh, from FN2187. And then that's when Kylo loses his fucking shit, whips out his lightsaber, and just goes fucking wild on this console. Just losing his ever fucking child mind off on this fucking console. Just lashing out. And we see the deck officer just reacting to this like, oh shit, oh fuck, oh shit. Oh man, I'm so glad that's not me. Yes. No, I don't want to tell him the rest of the news. Kylo stops and he's like, is that all? And then he's like, well, there was a girl as well. And immediately Kylo whips around, holds out his hand. We see the deck officer being drugged towards him by some invisible entity towards Kylo, lands in Kylo's hands around, around the officer's neck. He's like, what girl? And then we cut to them meeting Han and Chewie and all that. Right. Uh, but this time around, we have Hux with Kylo in this main, like, it looks like a, like we're all First Order officers would meet on the ship to talk to Supreme Leader Snoke. Yep. Uh, because we see, like, this main, like, uh, stage area where they can talk to Snoke, but we also see, like, chairs lining the right. rest of the hall that they're in. And Hux is telling Snoke, he's like, look, we've got some word on where he is. We just got told that he's on his way to some planet. I can't remember exactly. And then General Hux is like... And that they're tracking the Millennium Falcon. And that they're tracking the Millennium Falcon. And then General Hux is like, look, uh, Starkiller Base is up and operational. If you just give me the okay, we'll fucking fire that uh, bitch up and we'll get it ready for uh, our first strike at the Republic. And Supreme Leader Snoke is like, all right, you know what? Go do your thing. Get the weapon up and ready. I will let you know. He, we see General Hux fuck off. He Then uh, Supreme Leader Snoke looks at Kylo Ren, and he's like, look, have you felt it? There's been an awakening. It's similar to what we get in the very first trailer. There's been an awakening. awakening. And uh, Kylo's like, yes, I have felt it. And the conversation turns into the BB unit has been helped by your father, Han Solo. And this is where we get the first right. confirmation of who Ben or who Kylo's lineage is. We don't know his name just yet. We don't right. find it out until Han yells it. Uh, so he tells Kylo, like, be ready for anything is pretty much what he's telling him. Um, well, he's basically like, are you sure you can do what needs to be done? Yes. And he says, yes, he means nothing to me. Yeah. And and this is the first instance where we also get like the first idea because we heard rumors of this character named Supreme Leader Snoke, and we knew that Andy Serkis was playing this character. This is the first time we get Supreme Leader Snoke on screen, and initially, until the the image flickers out to reveal it's a uh, hologram, you initially think like, "Oh shit, this is a like, giant, three hundred foot tall being that they're talking to," which is comically ridiculous. And then the image flickers. I'm like, "Oh wait, no, okay." We're good. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> All tremble before the great and powerful Oz. <laughs> yeah. Ray and Finn has convinced Han to help them find the resistance to return the BB unit to where they need to go. Um, we cut to uh, Han and all of them are in the main cockpit, and they're coming out of hyperspace. Well, and uh, as they, they talk, they're all just kind of interacting, and uh, Finn is... Just continuously, like, yeah, I'm, I'm with the resistance. I'm part of the resistance. I'm a resistance fighter. I don't know if you know this. Like, this is what resistance fighters look like. Except some, some look different. Yes. Um, and they get to the main planet, uh, and he, we see Han uh, later on explaining to them, like, look, I'm going to take you to Maz Kanata and her castle on Takodana. 
And she should be in connection or know somebody that is in connection with the resistance to help us get the BB unit where it needs to go. Well, they can get you on a clean ship to get you there. Because yes. Because if... Once the ship, once the Millennium Falcon was in the uh, in space, I pinged it and you bet your ass the First Order did the same as well. Right. If I could find it with my sensors, then the First Order can with their much more sophisticated stuff. So they land on Takodano, and as they're landing, we see Ray just say, I didn't know there was this much green in the galaxy, because all she's known is Jakku. Jakku, which is dirt with more dirt. That's it. And along with Unkar Plut. It's Tatooine. Yes, pretty much, 2.0. Uh, and uh, they land on uh, Takodana. Uh, Chewie's still a bit injured. We also missed that uh, Ray wants to go back to Jakku. Yes, because and, she's waiting for somebody to return and, for her. And Finn is really upset by that because he's like, why does everybody want to go back to Jakku? Yep. It's shit. Yes. <laughs> and uh, as she runs off of the Millennium Falcon right away to see all the green that she is just completely mesmerized by. But uh, Finn and Han are in the uh, Millennium Falcon and we see uh, Han like rummaging through like a closet of some sort. He's like looking for different weapons. He sees a small like little pistol thing. He puts it under his arm, and then he's looking for like a big gun uh, that he eventually hands to Finn. And we see Finn off to the side. He's like, "Look, Solo." And Han's like, "Did you just call me Solo?" He's like, "I'm sorry, Mister Han." So Mi- I'm er, kind of a Han, Mister Solo. That's it. That's it. Uh, he and then he goes on to say, "It's like, look, I'm kind of a big deal in the Resistance, so." I, this is kind of unnecessary. I can probably figure this out for us. So if you just want to take off, you can. And Han's not listening to him. He hands him the gun. He's like, looking. Or looking. Look. Big deal. One thing you always need to know is women always find out. And he leans in. Always. And then he walks the fuck off the Millennium Falcon. He gets up to where Ray is, like, stands right beside her. And he's just loving that she's loving all this green around her. Because she's got a big old fucking smile on her face. And then... Han hands her a gun, and she's like, look, I can handle myself. He's like, yeah, I know. That's why I'm giving you this gun. giving you this. And then Han holds for a beat, looks at her, and he's like, look, I could use a second mate. Well, says, do you know how to use that? And she's like, yeah, just point and click. It's not not hard. He's like, well, I mean, there's a little bit more to it, but yeah, basically. Yes. And then the first time she uses it, she fucks up. (laughs) Yep. Uh, And uh, then he's like, you know... There's a lot more green. I could maybe show you, like bring you on as, as a, a second as mate. As a second mate. And she's like, are you offering me a job? And he's like, I wouldn't pay you well. I wouldn't be I'd, nice to you. I wouldn't be nice to you. She's like, you're offering me a job. <laughs> yeah. And then she thinks about it for a second. And she's like, you know what? I, I can't. I'm waiting for somebody on Jakku. And Han's like, you know, that's fine. That's fair. But, you know, the offer stands. It's a shame Chewie really liked you. Yep. Uh, they walk off uh, towards the Maz Kanata castle, and Han is telling them, look, Maz has been here for a thousand years. She's run this bar for just as many years. If she knows anybody that would know where to point us in the right direction, she would. But first things first, once we enter in here, don't look at it. And they're like, look at what? And Han's like, any of it. And Chewbacca stays on the ship to look after and try to repair the ship a bit. Right, and... Uh Look after himself, too. Yes, like nurse his wound and he's stuff. He's still ouchied. Yep. And then we also see, as they're walking up towards Maz Kanata, the entrance from Maz Kanata's castle, we see 
thou- uh, hundreds of flags in, uh, above them. We mm-hmm. see like Anakin's uh, pod racer flag. We see a, a Mythosaur flag. We see Zero the Hutt's uh, Black Suns from like the uh, Clone Wars series. We see Hondo uh, Panaka's flag, pirate symbol. Uh, we see not only just uh, uh, Anakin's uh, pod racer symbol, but we see uh, Sebulba's, mm-hmm. uh, uh, a few other ones. I can't remember. Ben Quadrinos. Yes, is up that's there. it. Uh, but then we also have uh, uh, the 501st Legion flag. Now, if you don't know who the 501st Legion is, it's this like cosplaying community that, uh, as long as you have screen accurate cosplay, um, you can be part of the 501st. And they, th- you see them in um, the end of the first Mandalorian when they have all those stormtroopers mm-hmm. pointing towards that bar. That's all members of the 501st. Um, you, there are different like five of the first chapters all over uh, the United States. A few in England, uh, a few in like other like smaller countries, like in the Bolshevik states, shit like that. Ukraine, places yeah. like that. Uh, but it's this like cosplaying community that they do charity events. Like if you need like a Darth Vader for like an afternoon at some child's hospital, they'll go and like perform whatever they need for this child's event to raise right. money for charity and shit. Along with also being in like a Mandalorian type series as well, mm-hmm. so the mere fact that they uh, like some visual artists also tagged that into this reimagining of the Star Wars franchise was very fucking awesome to see. Um, anyway, they enter into Maz's uh, castle and they just see a cavalcade of fucking people. Uh, we see the original drawing of what C three P, what Ralph McQuarrie came up with C three P O. We see that droid that turns towards the camera that has a spikes coming off of its head Mm -hmm. that was one of the original concept ideas for the c-3po droid we see uh, a few wolf-like characters like uh, skitter across the cantina bar thing we see like a band playing we see a big mountain of a like a, a a a hog Beast man with like tusks right where his chin is. Uh-huh. Um, this is Grumgar. We see like a woman with like this black outfit on with like these black finger gloves things on her fingers. As she, uh, Ray and all them pass, she saunters away, speaks into like some sort of like comm device, basically saying, Hey, that droid is here on Moscanada, at Moscanada's, uh, on Taco Dana, not Moscanada's, but on Taco Dana. Um, we see another like resistance droid with like uh, the, the mouth of a one of our mics. Yeah. Uh, it's also speaking to a comm unit as he watches this BB unit come into the bar. And as the camera pans around, and we see all these like different type of people. We see like these m- mosquito-like uh, creatures as well as they're playing card games and gambling and having a whole good time with all the different creatures and characters all around. The camera pans to a certain character as it approaches the nearby bar, places a tray on it. The character stops, turns around with their big glass fucking eyes like huge mountainous eyes she just yells across the bar han solo and everyone stops yep and looks towards han solo and and then han's like maz it's good to see you and she just saunters up he's like what'd you do with my wookie and then han tells her he's like oh he's back at the millennium falcon she's like oh no she says what did you do with my boyfriend yeah. and han's like oh he's back at the millennium falcon just watch taking care of things and then she says, I like that Wookiee. She asks, like, what can I do for you? And then Han's like, look, I could really use your help finding the resistance. I got this BB unit. And then they just haunt, saunter up to a nearby table. Once they get to the table, Maz is like, look, Han, 
my friend, you need to fucking get back into the fray. Go back to Leia. Get the fuck out of here. Wh- whatever you've been doing, just fucking drop it. Well, just the, uh, the help get these kids to the resistance. No. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. You get them there. You know, you need to go see her. And he's like, well, she doesn't want to see me. Yeah, I... I, I, I know, she, she doesn't want to I, see I me. I fucked up. I failed. And no, this isn't going to happen. And this is why I fucking love goddamn Princess Leia. Because she had two of the men in her life. Oh, fucking three of the men in her life. Her fucking son. Her brother that she has been living with, enjoying his company for the past 30 years. And her fucking husband. All three of them fucking duck out of her fucking life. And then she's like, you know what? I still got shit to do. I'm going to fucking put that off to the side. I'll deal with that fucking emotional trauma later. I got bigger fucking fish to fry. And she's still fucking... There's a fucking entity out there taking over planets. That's what happens in the bloodline. She gets rumors of like this entity of a, or a military regime of some sort, like taking out planets and putting people under like the be- slaves. The beginnings or, of the First Order. Right. And in the process of all that, of her trying to find out where the First Order is, she loses her son, her brother, and her husband, all within the same event. And I'm sure she had a moment to be like, that was fucked up. But then she picks up her pieces around her and fucking carries on like the badass bitch that she fucking is. It is fucking amazing. That's why I love fucking Princess Leia. Anyway, that aside, Ryan, Maz Kanata tells Han Solo, no, you fucking do it. And Han's like, no, like you just said, she doesn't want me around. How does the conversation turn on to Ray, or not Ray, but Finn? I don't remember exactly. But either way, the conversation turns on. I think to Finn. he says something. Yeah, he's like, no, we don't need to go. We need to just drop this off at the BB, the BB unit off at the Resistance, and then we need to get the fuck out of here. And then Maz is like, who are you? And then she starts adjusting. The eyes on her, or the, her glasses. adjusting the glasses for her eyes, and her eyes start getting smaller and bigger. And then Finn's like, uh, Han, well, what is she doing? Why is she doing that? And Han's like, I don't know. And crawls up on the fucking table towards him. Yeah. And then Maz is like, look, yeah, you've been around as long as I have. You've seen the same eyes in different people. And you have the eyes of someone that's just trying to run away. And then Han, or not Han, but Finn is like, look, I've seen what the First Order can do. I need to get the fuck away from it. I'm done fighting. I need to get the fuck out of here. And then Ray's like, Finn, no, what are you doing? And then Maz is like, look, these two over here, she points to like two like spacers, like a guy with like big red horns and another like big slug like looking man. They're like, these two over here, they will fucking trade you. They can you. run you to the outer rim. Yep. They can run you wherever you need to go. All you need to do is trade in uh, hard labor. That's it. And we see Finn just, Get up, he starts to hand the gun that Han gave him, and Han's like, no, kid, it's yours, keep it. And then he walks away from the table, and Ray's like, what? No, and she storms after Finn. They get to, like, nearby entrance, or no. She storms after him, and we see Maz say, who's that girl? Who, who's the girl? And then Han's about to say something to her, and then we cut to, I think, no, this is where we get the speech, the First Order speech. Yep. So I wrote that down as well. So we see that General Hux has gotten all the officers and all the First Order troopers right there in this main, like, almost, not almost, it's very fucking Nazi Hitler-esque 
of him with the big red flags and the symbol in the center of the flags and the and he makes this powerful speech. Now I'm gonna be, I'm not gonna be all vitriolic like he is, but I'm gonna tell you what the lines are. Uh, but he says, "Today is the end of the republic, the end of a regime that acquiesces to disorder. At this very moment, in a system far from here, the new republic lies to the galaxy while secretly supporting the treachery of rogues of the resistance. This fierce mach- machine, which you have built upon which we stand, will bring on bring an end to the Senate, to their cherished fleet." All remaining systems will bow to the first order and will remember this as the last day of the Republic. Now, take some of those lines. Today is the end of the Republic, the end of a regime that acquiesces to disorder. Does that sound familiar to what's going on right now? Mm -hmm. To whenever some dipshit says, oh, they're just bowing to this woke agenda. It's very fucking reminiscent of that. That's very similar to what Hitler fucking said about people bowing down to the Jewish fucking faith, shit like that, this dirty fucking Jews or whatever the fucking bullshit he would fucking say. And then he goes on to say, at this very moment in a system far from here, the New Republic lies to the galaxy while secretly supporting the treachery of rogues of the resistance. He's basically, that's if you want to equate it to what we're going through, it's basically them saying Antifa. Yeah, where there's the same Tifa that attacked the Capitol, or the Antifa, the deep state, whatever the fuck. It's very reminiscent of those fucking words. Like I said, what these people are saying, it's not new, it's just fucking wrapped up in a new fucking package. It's the same shit as before, just wrapped up differently. As he finishes it, we see all the mechanisms and, like, everything power up, and we see the, like, the entire, like, mechanism that's built into this planet, like, power up, and we see it glow red, and then these... Bright red streaks go across this fucking space, uh, past the finalizer that uh, Kylo Ren is on, and then we cut to uh, Finn and Ray. And Finn is, or no, Ray is like asking Finn, like, "What the fuck? I, what? Uh, what happened? Why are you? What? You with the you resistance? Doing? What are you doing?" And then Finn's like, "Look, I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm not with the resistance. I never was. I used to be a stormtrooper." And I need to get out of there as quickly as possible because I saw what they did and it wasn't about that. And I need to get the fuck out of here. I'm sorry I lied to you, but it's just not me. I need to get the fuck out of here. Like, I was kidnapped as a baby. Like, I never had a choice in it. Sorry. And he, he walks back to where the two guys are that were going to help him get off this planet as long as he trades in labor or some shit like that. And at that same instance, Ray hears something yell, like a small child yell. Off in like the basement, she hears it down the steps that she's near towards well, he, the basement. He walks out the door, and as he walks out the door, like they, she is kind of looking at him, and then she hears that and walks away as he turns around to see her walking away. So there is a small, like, little deleted scene. It's in the novelization of the movie. I don't know if they shot it or not, but in the novelization, Uncar Plot tracks them to. Taco Donna, and right when he walks in, he bumps right into Ray, and he's like, "Hey, you stole my shit!" Blah blah, blah and starts accosting her. And at that same instant, uh, Chewbacca comes walking in, and she tries to get away from Unkar. Unkar grabs her by the arm, and he's like, "No, you're gonna give me back my ship." And Chewie just walks up to Unkar Plut and just rips his arm off. And we see the, in the novel they explain it all, and it was apparently supposed to be a scene at one point in the movie. We're supposed to see a, a Wookiee rip off. 
someone's arm. We don't get it here, but we do later on in the Mandalorian series right. with the Trandoshans. But I thought, always thought that would have been an interesting scene to have like small children watch a Wookiee rip off the arms of this Ankar Plutt character, which is played by Simon Pegg. Um, uh, so yeah, she hears the... Uh, the uh, the child screaming. She goes down the steps. She hears like more of a commotion, more child like like crying out for help, and she hears like her name Ray and some shit like that. And then she gets further and further into this corridor. She goes in, walks through a door, and then in the past this door is like this chest sitting on like this like box. Mm-hmm. She walks up to it, kneels down beside it, opens it up, and sees a lightsaber. This is. Anakin's lightsaber. This is Luke's lightsaber. This is the lightsaber that Luke had on him whenever his hand got chopped off in The Empire yep. Strikes Back. It's been missing for eons. And somehow, uh, Maz Kanata, who is also not a Force wielder, but respects the Force like Taco, or not, uh, not Taco Donna, but Lor Santeca, yep. is respectful of the Force, knows of the Force, knows people that knows how to use the Force, the whole nine yards. So Ray reaches out, grabs the lightsaber, and immediately, bam, she's in some sort of, like, memory. Now, this is a, a, a Star Wars ability that oh, – so I have a lot of fucking Star Wars novels. At one point, they also came out with these, like, Star Wars manuals of uh, – manuals for, like, Jedi, manuals for the Sith. And it's all, like, these different teachings of the Sith and Jedi. And mm-hmm. then you have manuals for, like, the Rebellion. And it's all, like, these different, like, Rebellion files about different characters in the Rebellion – Along with how to be a rebel officer, shit like that. Right. They also had one uh, for imperial uh, troopers and officers and shit like that. But and bounty hunters. But the um, what is it? The uh, one for Jedi mentions this, and in the Jedi one, you also get like fighting techniques. Like this is fighting style four or seven or eight, or right. whatever the fuck. Whatever the whatever the name is. Lightsaber. For stances yes. are. It's really fucking fascinating read. Um, but in uh, the Jedi one, you we get the hints of this thing called psycho... Psychometry? I think that's how you pronounce it. Psychometry. And it's the this idea of objects that are imbued with like memories of a Force user. Of some sort. Of like major... We get it uh, hugely in the... Uh, uh, Jedi Fallen Order game where at one point you're looking for like different objects in the game and some of it you touch and you get sent back to a memory that that object was involved in mm-hmm. and that's what's happening here with Rey is a psychometry uh, force ability it's the first time we see it in film uh, being used by a character like Rey um, and as she like I said right when she touches the lightsaber boom we get tossed to the uh, hallways of uh, Bespin um, whenever Luke is about to be tossed out the window by having all that shit thrown at him by Darth Vader. And then, boom, immediately you get cut to her falling on the ground. It's like this muddy area. She sees a fo- uh, bonfire close by. She sees a hooded figure touch the dome of R2-D2, just using his mechanical hand touching the dome of R2-D2, presumably Luke Skywalker, like, kneeling beside R2-D2. Boom, get cut to a storm uh, and we see Kylo Ren with his Knights of Ren just laying in front of a sea of bodies. They have l- just ripped through all these people. Murdered, Don't know who they are. Murdered everyone. Kylo looks to her, and then boom, we cut to a little girl at the arms of Unkar Plutt watching a ship 
sail off into the sky and it's young Ray saying, no, please don't go stop. And it's young Ray. And we get the, the novel I was talking about shadow of the Sith. So, uh, without getting into too much to it right now, uh, without potentially ruining rise of Skywalker, but, the, her parents leave her on this planet because they trust on Plutt to the point where he will trust money before he does trust them. So they give him a bunch of money and guarantee him even more money if he keeps her safe. Mm-hmm. And they won't be gone that long. They're going to be gone for a short period of time. But they need someone to watch over her while they go deal with this person that's been pursuing them the entire book. So while they go deal with that, just watch over the girl. And we'll give you a bunch of fucking money, the long and short of it. So he does. And I, the parents of Ray are like... They don't want to do this. They fucking can't stand that they have to leave their daughter with this person, but they have no one else. Right. They can't trust anybody else. They barely trust Unkar. They trust his love for money more than anything else. Right. So uh, they leave her with Unkar, and that's the scene we get in the book is her screaming up at the ship saying, no, please don't go, is that scene. And then, boom, we cut to her back in the corridor, and we hear, Ray, these are your first steps. And we get the first Ray of um, what, what Alec Guinness. That's what I was looking for. So Alec Guinness, whenever he says afraid in A New Hope, when he says, don't be afraid, uh, whenever he's first meeting R2-D2, they take Ray from the word afraid, put it in here, and then they had uh, Ewan McGregor come in and uh, read the rest of it. These are your first steps. So you have Alec Guinness saying, Ray, these are your first steps, Ewan McGregor. And then uh, she wakes up from this uh, psychometric dream, and boom, there is Maz Kanata outside of the room. And Ray is fucking in tears, like, what the fuck was that? It's like, I didn't, I didn't know. I, I didn't want to... I didn't mean to touch it. It was my... I'm sorry. And Maz Kanata's like, look, don't worry about it. I know a lot of Force users. I'm not one, but I know a lot about the Force. And you are clearly someone who can use the Force, so... And I, Han told me about why you need to go back to Jakku, but I think you know this already. No one's coming for you. They're not coming you. back. So you need to stop this. Just move on. Move on. Try to better yourself. And then Maz has the lightsaber in her hands as well. And she's like, here, take this. And then Ray's like, fuck this. I don't want any part of this. This You can kiss my dick. And then books it out of her castle. Kiss my black ass. <laughs> yes. And oh, books it. Oh, speaking of which, he's already gone. So let me go get him, and I'll bring him back, and then you can kiss him. <laughs> right. Uh, and at that same instance, we see uh, we see everybody outside the courtyard of Maz Kanata's castle, and they're seeing these red streaks go across the sky. We cut to a... Uh, so the idea with the New Republic is, is that they thought that the resentment that grew towards the Republic before the Empire took over, it was because it was just on one planet that they, other planets were being ignored. So the idea, and we get to some bloodlines, is that they would set up shop, the Senate and the government for the entire galaxy would set up shop on different planets for so many years, move on to the next planet, stay there within that sector. Quote-unquote term limits. Right. And move on. So the planet that they're currently on is Hosnian Prime? I think so. So they're on Hosnian Prime, and that girl that they cut to that's looking out at the uh, plasma energy that's barreling towards the planet 
is uh, someone that um, I can't remember her name, and I didn't write it down, but someone that we get accustomed with uh, in Bloodlines, and that Leia has a lot of respect for. She's like Leia's like assistant, executive assistant, right hand mm-hmm. girl, um, and she sent uh, the girl to the Republic, saying because everyone in the Republic in the Senate and in uh, the government doesn't believe that there's a first order out there and that Leia needs to go find proof in order for that to be the case. Well, moments before all this shit goes down in this movie, Leia finds proof of the first order and sends this girl off to the Republic to prove to them, Hey, fucking quit it. They're real and show the proof. So that way they can get more money, more people to join them, more troops to fight this entity. Only, and this is one of the reasons why the First Order targets Hosni and Prime and, and essentially the government and in general is because they don't want other people to know about them until they're ready for people to know about them, like taking out this entire planet. Right. So we see these red streaks just take out all these planets. We see up in the sky that it's so far away that we're only getting like small little streaks in the sky and just like little red orbs exploding. We don't yeah. see it like it from the planet of Takodana. But on the planet itself, we see these just the entire planet erupt into red, and all the planets around him, around Hosnia Prime, just disintegrate into nothing. Um, we see Finn run up to uh, Han as he drops equipment from the two guys he was going to uh, leave with. And he's like, it's the First Order. They fucking did it. They took out the goddamn Republic. This is them. Fuck. And we see Ray run off into the woods, just getting a little fuck away from all of right. it. BB-8 trailing right behind her. Later on, she turns around, and there's BB-8, and she tells him, like, look, you need to get the fuck out of here. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm done right. with all this. You need to just go. And then at that same instant, she looks up, and she sees a bunch of First Order troops mm-hmm. in the sky descending upon this planet. And she's like, shit. And she runs back towards Mos Kanata's castle. At the castle... Maz Kanata gives... So, yeah. So what happens is Maz doesn't have the lightsaber in her hand. She get, grabs it from the chest. She offers. She tells Ray to take the lightsaber, and then later on, as after Finn approaches Han and tells Han it was the first order that killed the Republic, they go back into Maz's castle, back into like where they think Maz is, uh, like in the basement area where Ray and her both were, and they approach Maz, and they're like, uh, "What the fuck uh, are we gonna do?" And Maz is like, "Look." These First Order dogs can do whatever the fuck they want. I've been here quite a while. They can tear up all they want. I'll fucking rebuild. But first, I need to show you something. Brings Han and them into the where Rey just was with the lightsaber. She opens the chest, shows them the lightsaber, and Han right away is like, where the fuck? Where did you get that? And Maz is like, a different time for a different story. Or a different, different story, story for, for a, a different, different time. time. I said that wrong. Um, hands Finn the lightsaber, cut to... Outside the uh, Maz Kanata's castle, and we see the First Order uh, ships just descend upon Maz Kanata's castle and just blow the shit out of it. Just tear everything apart. We see like a big Maz Kanata statue in the center of it, and it just gets obliterated by the bombing yep. and everything. We see uh, Kylo Ren's Ypsilon class shuttle uh, land on the planet as well. Him exit the ship. Him going through all the, the debris and wreckage and everything. And he's hears from one of his troopers. He's like, "Sir, we got reports of a girl in the woods." He turns around, and we see uh, Ray in the woods. She's sneaking up behind a few troopers, whips out her gun, tries to fire at him. Well, she's not exactly sneaking up on them, right? So they're just like walking 
in parallel lines, and she notices him yeah. before he notices her. And uh, she whips out her gun, tries to fire. She's like, oh, oh shit. Bang! And he's like, oh, no. And she's like, oh, man, I forgot the safety. And he's yeah. like, who's talking? And turns <laughs> and he's like, you! Yes, and she fires. She misses the initial shot and then immediately adjusts and hits him square in the chest, hits another one. And then uh, she feels something in the woods and starts like running in the opposite direction of this entity in the woods. She doesn't know who it is quite yet. But we see Maz, Finn, Ray, or not Ray, but Han, Han and Chewie, Chewie come up from the debris. We see Chewie just tosses like a big chunk of the debris off to the side while the rest of them come out from uh, wherever they were. Han and Chewie uh, basically beeline it towards the Millennium Falcon to get the fuck out of here. And Finn's like, look, I need a weapon now. I need to fucking find Rey and help her in some manner. And Maz is like, you have a weapon. And she like points the lightsaber up into his face. And he looks at it, turns it on, and then just goes into the fray of the fight. He's like, oh, okay, I can, I can work with this. Yep. We see him just impale a stormtrooper right in the back through the chest, hoist him up in the air a little bit, and then just drops him. And at that same instance, he's looking around. And you hear someone off to the side yell, Traitor! Traitor! This character, this traitor stormtrooper, is also which, one of his friends. Which is not a... It's not his canon number, but after the movie, people started calling him TR-8R. Yes. For traitor. Traitor. And uh, this is also one of his friends, Finn's friends. Um, uh, and whenever he finds out that Finn betrays him, he gets very upset. And that's why we get the whole him screaming traitor. Because he feels like he's been betrayed shit like that so he fights uh this stormtrooper uh the stormtrooper as finn whips out the lightsaber and like basically taunts him to come at him uh, this stormtrooper tosses his guns aside and whips out like a electrical baton that can withstand the energy from a, a lightsaber and they start sparring back and forth and finn right away gets his ass handed to him and it looks like the stormtrooper is gonna just wail into like his dick like he's down on the ground the stormtrooper's like maybe six inches away from where the swing would have hit his dick. And as he comes down, boom, he gets rocked back. The stormtrooper does get rocked back by the uh, bowcaster held by Han. And we should also mention, as they come out of the rubble, Han fires at a few of the First Order troopers. And then, <laughs> without even looking, points the gun right behind him and points the gun at a, storm, or at a yeah, stormtrooper right behind him without even looking. I'll only mention that because it comes up later on in the other movies. So put a pin in that. So they are now taking out stormtroopers left and right, and or, or Han and Chewie is, as Finn is just trying to keep himself alive as best as possible. Pretty much. Because the, the lightsaber's already been knocked out of his hand with the fight with that stormtrooper that had the electric baton. And... Uh, uh, try as they might, the three of them just couldn't make it. They're now surrounded by a bunch of First Order troopers. The lightsaber's taken away. The bowcaster, Han's gone. Everything's taken away. And they're now being escorted into like this main area with their hands above their heads. And at the same instance... Towards a, towards a ship. Yeah, some sort of like transport. At that same instance, we see... Uh, or they hear uh, the comms uh, for between the different First Order troopers. And they're like, hey, we've got somebody... we got incoming hurry up and we see a bunch of them just like start getting ready for this fight that's about to happen and then we cut to poe dameron and uh, his black squadron just strafing across this fucking lake next to maz Kanata's castle mm-hmm. and uh poe's like give them everything you've got and then just kill them 
Oh. Yep. They enter the fray, and we just see Poe rip through motherfuckers. He takes out at least, like, ten uh, TIE fighters right the fuck away. Takes out several fucking stormtroopers on the ground. And Finn yells out, that's one hell of a pilot. Uh, Han and Chewie get their guns back. As we cut to Rey being chased by Kylo. And she's firing at Kylo at this point. Just trying to get away from him enough to where... Or firing at him enough to where she can get away from him as quickly as possible. And as she gets to, like, a near, like, small, like, outcropping with no trees. Like, a small, like, hilly area. She turns around, raises her gun, and then Kylo raises his hand to stop her completely. She freezes as her hand goes down to her side. And then Kylo basically says, he's like, look, I don't know who you are, but I know you've been a fucking pain in my side. She also tells BB-8 to go back to Han before all this chaos happens. And he wheels it back to them. Back to Han, Chewie, and right. Finn and all them. And, and in this instance, so it's just Rey with her gun um, being held in place by Kylo and his lightsaber. With a uh, with force stroke. Yeah, kind of. That's, that's what I decided to call this move because <laughs> he just makes the whole right side of her body just... Limp. Yeah. And he basically is telling her, is like, look, you've been a pain in my ass. For a little while now, and I know the BB unit showed you the map, so you know what? Well, no. I know you helped the BB unit that has the map. I want the map. And then he's like, wait. You've seen it. Yeah. And then... Because he's like reading her mind and shit. And then, Force Night Night. Yep. And at the same instance, like, sir, a couple stormtroopers come out. He's like, sir, we got word of reinforcements coming in. What should we do? He's like, "Uh, let's get the fuck out of here. I got what I need. Yeah, she passes out. He catches her as she drops to the ground. You, you got what I need, <laughs> right. but you say he's just a friend. <laughs> Cut to, oh baby, you. <laughs> uh, Han, so Han and Chewie start doing their thing, but we see we track Finn because he sees uh the one end of where he's at. He sees Ray being carried. carried by Kylo onto Kylo's ship. And he yells, Ray! And then from one end of the battlefield to the other, he hauls ass. And before he can even get to her, the Ypsilon class just raises up into the air and takes off. And then Finn yells, Ray, one more time. At that same instance, we see a resistance transport descend upon the ground and land. And uh, Finn goes by Han and Chewie as they walk past him and finn says they've got ray and han's like yeah i know just to hold on for a second ray or finn han and chewy walk up to where the transport is stop about uh 10 feet away it opens we see several first resistance not first resistance but resistance troopers come barreling out trying to help anybody that may be hurt along with leia organa she w- takes a few steps out doesn't clock han right away but then stops Right when uh, she does like a double take, and she's like, "Oh shit, he he's here!" And they both Hello, just stop. husband. They both just stop, and they both are like, "It's good to see you." And then at that same instance, as they're both about to say, "I love you" or some shit, something uh, loving to one another, boom! Up pops C three PO up into frame, and he's like, "Master Solo, it's so good to see you. You probably didn't recognize me because of the red arm." And then as he's about to explain the red arm, he stops. Looks at Han, then looks at Leia. Leia's like, all right, let's fucking wrap it up. And they're telling him, basically, get the fuck out of here. I was in the middle of something. 
And then looks back at Han. He's like, you know what? I'll just explain to you later. And then just saunters off. Now, the Red Arm. <laughs> There's also a one-issue series <laughs> that everyone should read. It's just called C-3PO. And it's uh, he has the Red Arm as a way to honor a droid that sacrificed its life for 3PO. So there's a bunch of fucking first resistant, first resistant, resistant droids that get stranded onto a planet and they need to go from one end of the planet to the other end without dying. What eventually happens is that all of them die except for uh, 3PO and this other droid. And that droid sacrifices itself to keep 3PO alive. And 3PO in the process has lost an arm. Um, and then takes the arm of the fallen comrade and is like, I will take this arm to honor you, blah, blah, blah. And that's why he has the red arm. Mm-hmm. We cut to them arriving on, what is it, Dakar or Car? What is the? Dakar. They arrive on the resistance base named Dakar. And we see the Millennium Falcon there in the main hangar. We see a bunch of X-Wings. We see BB-8 barrel away from the uh, Millennium Falcon and, and beelines it towards Poe. And Poe is very happy to see BB-8. And then we get the real romantic part of this movie, <laughs> the uh, the reunification of Poe and BB-8. Yeah, he even grabs his like what would be his uh, stomach area and like jostles it a bit. He's like, "I'm so happy to see you, buddy." <laughs> we see BB-8 tell him. Long something. story short, off screen they totally fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got his own like little port for Poe's dick. Yep. <laughs> A BB-8 fleshlight. <laughs> right. <laughs> BB-8 says something to Poe, and Poe's like, what? He's here? Where? And he starts looking for Finn, and Finn basically, like, waves, like, does, like, a small, like, here I am. Uh, Ray and F- Ray and Poe run up to each nope. other. Try I said again. that wrong. Finn and Poe run up to each other and, like, hug, and this is why I think they would probably take a shot in the mouth for each other. Uh, because of the way they just hug each other and, like, hold on to one another just a bit longer than what you would think two quote-unquote hetero guys would hold on to one another um i thought you were dead don't ever leave me again. right I, so that's why i think the i think the idea was to make them fucking lovers at one point and i think that'd be fucking great but we never get that they they release from the hug and uh poe's like i thought you were dead uh, or no finn's like i thought you were dead and poe's like no i just got thrown further away and uh as they're having this conversation about basically very happy to see one another still alive Poe stops in the middle of his conversation, and she's like, that's my jacket. And Finn's like, oh, I'm sorry, and starts to take it off. He's like, no, no, no. It you keep it. On you. It looks good on you. And he's like, it's so good to see you. He's like, it's good to see you too, Poe, but there's something I got to explain to you. Um, and then before he even says it again, we see Poe escorting Finn through the main corridors of this resistance base command unit, and he walks up to Leia Organa. He's like, Leia Organa. This is my friend Finn, and he really needs to talk to you. And Leia's like, oh, good. I really need to talk to him. It's so great that you're here. Poe told me everything about you, how you turned away from the First Order. That's so fucking awesome. Any information you can give us would be fucking great. So, Well, see, you say that, but the information I've got for you is uh, not great. Yes. Um, we cut to Ray now in the gurney chair thing that Finn or that Poe just was earlier. And she is sitting across from Finn, or not Finn, but Ray is sitting across from Kylo Ren. I was going to say Ray was sitting across from Ray, uh, but Ray is sitting across from Kylo Ren, who's standing there. And she wakes up and she's like, Look, no, Kylo says, What does he say here? Because she replies with, It's easier to say, 
say that from a creature with a mask on or some shit like that. And then he takes off the mask and it reveals that he's got no issues whatsoever. It's not like Darth Vader where he needed the uh, whole apparatus to help him breathe and right. live and survive. He's got no issues whatsoever. He just thinks that this is required of him because this is what Darth Vader did. His grandfather did before this him. This is what Grandpappy did. So he has a similar type mask setup. And we see him take off the helmet and he lays it in ash. I know there's been no confirmation of this. This is all totally headcanon. But we see at one point he has Darth Vader's like melted mask that he's basically just talking to and like worshiping and like uh, just trying to get guidance from in some manner. It's all melted, so it's obviously post the funeral pyre and the return at the end of Return of the uh, Jedi. Now, so he had to have gone back to Endor and grabbed the mask. I think he also scooped up a bunch of the ash and placed it in something where he can put his mask in. So every time he puts it on, he breathes in and goes, hmm, Grandpa. Pretty much. So it's like coded in his grandfather's essence, if you will. I have no no proof of that. No fucking, there's nothing in any book, comic book, game, nothing. It just... It just seemed odd for him to place his mask in a tray of ash. Yeah. So, anyway. He starts scanning Ray's head. And he's like, oh, I see that you've been dreaming of an ocean. Uh, of, of and You sitting on an island in the middle of this ocean. And you've been thinking about Han Solo. And how he was always the father that you never had. And trust me, he would just disappoint you. And then at that same instant, she just fights back. She uses the force as well, fights back and like lunges, thought lunges at him. And she's uh, concentrating. We see her like getting more and more strained and shit. And he's doing the same. He's like, his hands are articulating and uh, tightening and shit. And then, bam, she's like, and you will never be as good as Darth Vader. And you're afraid that you will never be as good as Darth Vader. And then he relinquishes her realizing, oh shit, she used the same thing I used on her, on me. It's a two-way street, fuck. And immediately we cut to Snoke saying, she resisted you. The scavenger, she resisted you. And then Kylo's like, I, uh, I'm sorry, I don't know what the fuck happened. She's very strong in the force. If you could just give me some guidance, I could fucking figure this shit out. And then Snoke is about to say something, and then fucking General Hux comes barreling in, or no, Snoke asks, did you find the map for Skywalker? And then Hux comes barreling in. He's like, no. Fucking Kylo thought it would be a good idea to just, yo, get the fucking map from the girl. So we left a goddamn robot on Taco Donna. So the only thing we have is the fucking girl. And Kylo is like, look, I know we can get the location of Luke Skywalker from the girl. I just need your help. And um, Kylo Ren's all right. All right, fine. Come to me, but first we need to take care... Or no, because General Hux... Snoke is like, all right, fine, come to me. Yes, and then General Hux is like, look, we found the location of the Resistance base. Uh, If you give me the word, I'll charge up the weapon, and we'll be ready to go and kill the Resistance once and for all in one fell stroke, or whatever the fuck. Kylo does... Or not Kylo, but Snoke gives the same um, answer as before, gives him the okay... And Hux just basically gives Kylo this, like, smug, like, mm, I'm daddy's favorite, as he saunters off. Cut to First Order, not First Order, but the Resistance is in the main... You are having a hard time. There are a lot of fucking names and fucking monikers and goddamn entities. There's a lot going on. But the First... God damn it. 
The resistance. The first resistance. The first resistance. Technically, it's the second resistance. Yeah, because the rebellion was the first. But the resistance is now having like the little command powwow where they're all trying to throw out ideas on how to take out the Starkiller base before it takes out any more planets. And uh, <laughs> it's not that big a deal. I used to uh, bullseye womp rats in my T16 back home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Han Solo is like, look, how big can it be? And then uh, we see uh, Greg Grunberg's character named Snap Wexley, also a character from the Aftermath novels. Um, in fact, he's one of the main titular characters from those three novels. Um, he's basically, all right, how about this? This is the size of the Death Star. And he shows the hologram of the Death Star, and then he beep, bop, boop, and then he's like, this is the fucking size of the Starkiller base. And it's like a hundred times bigger than the Death Star itself. And then Han's like, all right, it's bigger. So how do we blow it up? And everyone's just looking at him like, look, old man, it's fucking bigger. That means it's a fucking planet. A goddamn planet. That's no moon, bitch. That's a goddamn fucking planet. I bet you don't even kiss girls. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then... Uh, I think Poe points out, is like, look, Finn here has been on the Resistance base. And Leia's like, look, Finn, if there's anything at all that you can help on us Star figure Killer out. On Starkiller base. On Starkiller base. And then Leia, or I mean, Finn is like, look, I can get you on the planet. I know what to do to take out the... Because someone else asks, he's like, look, is there some sort of like main housing unit, like some sort of oscillator or something on the planet that we could take out that will start a train, chain reaction to explode the entire planet? And Finn's like, yeah, there kind of is. And I could take you there if you just get me on the planet somehow. And then Han's like, don't worry about it. I got you covered. And Leia immediately is like, how are you going to do that? He's like, you wouldn't like what I have to say, so just don't ask. And then Han's like, all right. They all break up. Uh, one small scene we forgot before we cut to Rey being accosted by Kylo is Leia walks away from the, uh, the conversation she was having with Finn and Han follows behind her. And Leia says, don't do that. And she's like, or Han's like, do what? And Leia's like, any of it, as they walk away from the main group. And they stop, and they have this small conversation where Leia's like, look, I don't know what's happening with our son, but I need you to understand that you need to fucking figure out a way to get him back. And Han's like, look, I don't know if I can he's got too much Vader in him. And Leia's like, no, it's Snoke. It's always been Snoke. He's got in his fucking head in some way and just screwed him up. So he, what he needs is his father. Not his uncle, he needs his father. That's what he's always needed. And we see Han just kind of like, I guess you're kind of right. And then we cut to Rey being interrogated. Oh man, that kind of fucked up, huh? Um, but after this uh, little bit of what their plan is, is to destroy this oscillator uh, get Ray back and uh, destroy Star Killer Base. Um, they, we just see a small, like, little montage scene of everybody getting ready. All the ships being repaired. We see Han and Finn pass one each other and pat each other on the uh, shoulder as they walk away. And then, and then he walks past Poe and pats him on the butt. Yes. <laughs> and then they looks at him and says, "I'll take a shot in the mouth for you <laughs> right. from you." Um. <laughs> uh, so cut to uh, Finn is now like getting stuff onto the Millennium Falcon. Uh, Han is like telling Chewie, "Okay, we need to have this, this, and this to connect it before we can get the fuck out of here." or Some shit like that. Very classic Star Wars stuff of Han uh, and Chewie working on the Millennium Falcon in some way. And at the same instance, we see Leia walk up behind Han. Han stops what he's doing, turns around, and looks at Leia. 
And immediately he says, like, look, it wasn't all bad. She's like, no, it wasn't all bad. Some good parts in there as well. And then uh, they get real close. Like your penis. <laughs> right. She gets, uh, they get up real close. He hugs her. He, she lays on his chest and basically tells Han, he's like, look, if you could do one thing for me, bring our son home. Bring Ben home. Uh, we see the look on Han's face. He's like, all right, all right, that's a tall fucking order. But I'll do all my right. best. Uh, cut to now we see Ray back in the, uh, still in the gurney chair thing. And she's just like struggling against it. And then uh, we see something pops in her head. And then she knows that the stormtrooper's nearby, near the entrance. So she's like, all right, you will undo these restraints and let me go. And then the stormtrooper's like, what did you say? She says, you will undo these restraints and let me go. We see the stormtrooper come up beside her. He holds for a beat. He says, I will tighten those restraints, scavenger scum. And then we see her like compose herself, kind of like... And then she's like, you will undo these restraints and let me go. And you don't really see it, but she does a little hand wave. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And uh, a second passes, and he's like, I will undo these restraints and let you go. He undoes the restraints. He just, like, mindlessly, like, saunters out of the room. And then right before he leaves the room, she's like, and you'll drop your gun. And I'll drop my gun. And he drops the gun nearby as he zombie, like, walks out of there. Um Cut to, like, I don't know, a minute or two later, we see Kylo storming down the hallway and then enters into the room, and there's no Ray, there's no Stormtrooper, there's no nothing, and he's losing his shit again. We just see hear him whip out his lightsaber, as he just tears apart this fucking gurney chair thing. And we see two Stormtroopers come down the hall, come around the corner, coming down that hallway, past that room, but nope. stop before they even go past it. And they're like, nope, and back away and go the other way. Cut to on the Millennium Falcon, we see Ray, we see Finn, Han, and Chewie on the Millennium Falcon, basically uh, in light speed. And Finn asks Han, he's like, look, how the fuck are we going to get on uh, Starkiller Base? Because it's got like a protective shield around it. And Han tells Finn, he's like, look, uh, a lot of these uh, shields have a refractory rate of like, and he mentions some number or some shit like that. He's like, so it kind of keeps anything moving at a slow speed out of the system. But if you move at light speed, there's enough of a window for it to open up and then you zip right in and then it closes again is basically what he's saying. And Han or Finn is like, so how do you know when we're there? And he's like, I don't know. I'll know when we get there. And then he, within seconds after finishing that line, he says, Chewie, are you ready? And bam, they're right there in the atmosphere of this uh, planet, the Starkiller planet. And they are crashing into trees, just taking out the tops of trees all over the place. We cut to a wide shot of the, this snowy wooden area, and it's just calm for a second. And then barreling through the fucking trees and shit, skidding onto the ground, just near the, just slides all the way near to the edge of this cliff and stops. And they are safe and sound. We're here! <laughs> yeah. Ta-da! <laughs> and at that same instance, uh, we see Kylo Ren being told about the uh, report about finding the girl and how they got reports of some commotion on deck level, whatever the fuck. And then as Kylo's like, look, she's just going to get better at her uh, powers as time progresses. We need to find her as quickly as possible. And then as he's about to say something else, he stops 
and turns to where he thinks the the force entity he feels and he says han solo uh cut to uh the three of them on the snowy tundra of this uh, star killer planet and they get to like a near like some sort of like structure and they hide behind it as they see like this uh like the main command unit for star killer base where they need to get in and deactivate the shield so the the Black, blue, and red squadron can descend upon this uh, planet and basically take out the oscillator to make the planet go kaplooey. Right. And Han... To kill Starkiller base. They're hiding behind the structure, and Han asks Finn, he's like, so what did you do on this planet when you were here last? And Finn's like, sanitation. And Han's like, wait, wait. Then how do you know how to take out the shields for the ship? And Finn's like, I don't. I just needed to get here for Ray." And Han's like... What the fuck are you doing? People are depending on us. The uh, resistance is depending on us. Humanity is depending on us. What the fuck are you doing? And then Han or Finn is like, "Look, I don't. We'll figure it out as we go along. We'll, we'll trust in the Force." And Han's like, "That's not how the Force works." And then at that same instance, we hear you "Fucking kid." We hear Chewie growl out, and then Han's like, "Oh, really? You're cold." And then we cut to, uh, I think, more commotion inside the main. Like hangar area where uh, all the stormtroopers are just looking for Ray in some manner. We see her like sneaking around with the gun that she took from the stormtrooper. She's uh, crawling down like the side of this cliff or the side of this like panel face for the rest of the the Star Killer base. Some instrument panel. She hits a few buttons. It slides open. She sneaks in. It closes right behind her. We cut to a stormtrooper uh, standing in front of a door. The door opens. And then we just hear the stormtroopers say, hey, and then a shot rings out, hits him in the chest. He goes sailing back, hits the wall. We see all like this uh, stormtrooper shielding and stuff just like break up into like small pieces as he dies and shit. And then uh, we see Han exit or enter into this main corridor and taking off his jacket, throwing it off to the side. He's like, all right, so what's your plan now that we're in here? And he looks at Finn. He's like, I've got an idea for that. Cut to seconds later, and we see Captain Phasma just, like, stomping through the hallway and shit. And we just see fucking Chewie come out of nowhere and just tackle the shit out of her. She yells, ah, as they all clamor to the ground. And they pick her back up, and there she is, standing in front of Finn. And Finn's like, that's right, Phasma, I'm in charge. I'm in charge now! And he gets real fucking excited and shit. I'm a big boy! (laughs) Yes. And On's like, come on, kid, let's move this along. And they basically force her at gunpoint, take them to the, the shield... Uh, the operations for the shield. Um, I think we get more shots of Kylo and his stormtroopers looking for Rey as Rey continues to just snake her way through this facility to try to get out in some way. Cut back to uh, Han, Chewie, and Finn have taken out a bunch of stormtroopers and have forced uh, Phasma at gunpoint to lower the shields for this planet. She does. She says, you'll never make it out alive on this planet. Finn asks, like, so what are we going to do with her? And Han's like, uh, I don't know. Do we have a, a garbage chute or a trash compactor? And he looks like, yeah, like really like jonesing about this idea of a trash compactor. And then Finn's like, yeah, we kind of do. Cut to that uh, the resistance base getting word that um, the shields for Starkiller base are down. Um, Han says, or not Han, but uh, Leia says, all right, start the assault. Tell Poe to start the assault. We cut to Poe and him, uh, his black squadron, red squadron, and uh, blue squadron 
is all under Poe's command, and he says, all right, let's go. And they all descend upon uh, Starkiller Base, and they just open up fucking shop on every fucking body. All the turrets that are in the area, all the TIE fighters that end up getting into the air, it's just a dogfight like you would see. Only it's different. So at this point in 2022, we're now used to uh, TIE fighter fights on planets. But up until this movie, that wasn't a thing. Right. They were all, in, all space. in space. So this is a new idea that they added, which is just a simple idea of like putting the dogfights that we saw in space on planets, which I fucking love. I love, the, I love all the sceneries from the lush, green, watery areas from Takodana to the, uh, the sands of Jakku to this snowy tundra of the fucking Starkiller Base. It's all fucking amazing to look at. I don't remember what the planet was called before it was Starkiller Base either. It did have a name. Yeah, it but... did have a name. What is, oh, so uh, Han, Finn, and Chewie are slinking through the corridors, and they're, the next idea is to come up with a plan to try to get Rey. And as Finn is like, all right, so we're going to go here, here, and here, and we're going to do this and figure out this when you take out these people. And as he's coming up with this plan, Han sees behind Chewie, or behind Finn, he sees through the glass behind him, Finn on the other end of this fucking Rey. cavern. Ray, god damn it, sees Ray on the other end of this cavern, uh, basically opening this panel and then crawling up the side of it to get to this main walkway. And she's clearly fine. She's able to take care of herself completely. Cut to seconds later, and uh, shit. As as they are walking around the corner, so is Ray with her gun up, and then they both just guns up towards one another, and they're all. Like, oh, shit, I almost shot you. Oh, shit, I almost shot you. And they're all very excited to see Ray. Ray and Finn look at each other, and then Chewie says something, and then Finn's like, what did he say? And he's like, well, this was your idea. Ray says this. This was your idea. And then, then Ray hugs Finn, and they're all very happy to see one another. And Han says, hug now, or hug later, escape now. They all make it back to the main quarter that they entered from where Han tossed his coat off to the side, and <laughs> Chewie picks up the coat, Hands it back to Han, and Han looks at Chewie like, the fuck? I'm a big boy. I don't need this fucking coat. But with seconds later, they're outside in the snowy tundra, and Han has the coat back on. And they're looking at the dogfight that's happening at this oscillator, and it doesn't look like things are panning out as well as they should for the resistance. And Han's like, look, these are our friends, and my friend over here has a bunch of bombs with him. And Han's like, let's go help them out. And Finn and Ray are like, all right, let's do this. We see more, we, we see inside the main control unit for the Starkiller base, and we see one of the technicians tell Hux, we will be ready to fire in 15 minutes or yep. some shit like that. And we cut to the dogfight, and uh, Poe says, as long as there's light, we've got a chance. And it's because uh, what they're doing is how the Starkiller base charges up is it takes the power of a sun, sucks all that energy into the Starkiller base, and then releases it through the little plasma bolt streams that they sent out, like towards Hosni and Prime and shit. We see the light slowly starting to dim as everything progresses. Han and Chewie get into this like main corridor and they're like cut off from some sort of doorway. But we cut to a Han, a Ray, and Finn close by. Uh, with Ray with Finn's jacket on and she flips the switch and right away we cut back to Han and Han's like girl knows her stuff they get back into the main corridor now they're in a bunch of catwalks where this main oscillator is mm -hmm. and 
Han says, all right, we're going to put charges here, here, here. And he points out to where they're going to put all the charges. Before he can even finish, Chewie says something. He's like, you know what? Good point. So why don't we meet back here? Here's one of the detonators. But just meet back here once you're done setting all the charges. And we'll get the fuck out of here. So we see them starting to lay all the charges. We see Ray and Finn uh, make their way towards where uh, Han and Chewie are. They're at the like the top, uh, the very top level of this oscillator. Um, mm-hmm. Like they're climbing up uh, steps and everything. And then as that happens, we see uh, Kylo Ren and a bunch of stormtroopers come into the main oscillator area and start searching the area for Rey and and, and Han at this point because Kylo knows that Han is on the planet. Right. So Kylo goes onto the middle of the catwalk that walks that goes from one end of the oscillator to the other end of the oscillator. And Kylo rocks onto the catwalk. Han sees this, walks out, gets to the end of the catwalk. Kylo's at about halfway mark of the catwalk. And then Han yells, Ben! And Kylo stops. And Chewie stops, like, looking like, what the fuck? Why did someone just yell out Ben? And then we see Finn and Ray get to the top of where the ladder was. And we see the door open and them look down. And we see them watching Han confront Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren turns around and sees Han Solo slowly walking towards him. He tells Ben to take off the mask. And then Ben says, what do you think you'll find? And he's like, the face of my son. And Kylo says, "Um, you won't see anything or something like that. You'll just be disappointed or some shit like that. But he takes it off anyway. And he drops it down. And Han tells Ben, he's like, look. Stop this. This is fucking ridiculous. Don't do this. And we see Kylo is a bit fucking torn. And he says as much. It's like, I don't know what to do. I'm being torn in two places. I don't know which way is the right way. And I just, I don't know what I'm, I don't know if I'm going to have the strength for it. I don't know how I'm going to handle this. And like Han's like, here, let me help you. And then we see Kylo unclip his lightsaber and places it in front of his father in between the two of them. Han lays his hand on his on Kylo's lightsaber, and then we see cut to Ren. I, the line is, I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Yes. And then Han says, let me help you. Yes, and he places his hand on the lightsaber. Cut to uh, Rey and Finn watching as Chewbacca is watching as well from a different level close by. And as Han is about to take the lightsaber away, we see his hands... Uh, Kylo's hands around the lightsaber tighten at that same instance we see the light from the sun that they just sucked a bunch of power go out completely and everything is now in dark and everything holds for a second and I I, and then an eruption of do do you need me to do it unparalleled fucking energy comes erupting from the goddamn lightsaber and impales Han Solo through the chest. And Han Solo doesn't scream out in pain. Chewie does. Ray does. Finn does. He looks at his son. His son has the most angriest face on him, just like looking at him. As his father slowly dies, the lightsaber retracts in front of, from inside of his father, through his father, retracts back into the blade, and Han doesn't say anything. He just lays his hand on the side of his son's face. <laughs> He doesn't say anything. He just fucking caresses. I've fucking done that time and time again to my own son. I've fucking stolen things from fucking face off and 
slowly glided my fingers down his face, and here's Han Solo, the baddest of badasses, who's fucking just heartbroken. I'm fucking a mess right now. <laughs> his fucking son just killed him, and he's fucking the only thing he can do is, it's okay, and just caresses his face as he falls through the fucking he falls off corridor the off the, the side and just falls to his death. And that's when everybody fucking just... And we hear Chewie. Chewie fucking screams out in pain. <laughs> fucking Chewie. I know. <laughs> fucking the scream coming from Chewie is like, God damn it, my best friend just died in front of me. Just And there's a, there was a meme that happened shortly after this movie came out. Someone drew a series of pictures of Chewie being there whenever Han and Leia got married. Of Chewie being there whenever Han and Leia had Ben. Of Chewie and Ben when Ben was playing with Chewie. And then whenever Chewie had Ben in his sights. And was, he had him dead to rights and was nearly going to kill Ben but decided to hit him in the hip instead of aiming at his fucking head. Because we see right after Chewie screams out in pain, he raises his bowcaster up and he has Ben dead to rights. He could easily kill him. But he fires at Ben and it hits him right in his fucking like hip area. Um, all hell breaks loose at that instance. We see Chewie just firing at stormtroopers left and right. He goes down a fucking corridor. We see him hit the button on his uh, detonator as Finn and Ray scream out and fire a few rounds at different stormtroopers and get the fuck out of where they are as well. We see all these explosions fucking happen. Boom, 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 boom. Outside in the dogfight, we uh, Poe sees all the explosions and he sees like a hole open up inside. Uh, on the side of the uh, oscillator. And one of the guys says, oh, it looks like we have an opportunity here. And they go down. We have a similar trench run. We see several of the black squadron, a few members of blue and red as well. As they go down, we see a few uh, uh, X-Wing fighters get taken out. And Poe's like, no, no, no. All of you get the fuck out of here. I'll, I got this. Just all of you get the fuck out of here. And then as uh, everyone says, good luck, Poe, we see him close his S-foils on his X-Wing and just through the small hole that has now been created from this explosion, goes inside the oscillator, boom, 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 takes out all these different fucking conduits and uh, generators and everything under the fucking sun, just obliterates everything in his path. He fucking books it out of there right at the last second as all this fucking explosion and shit happens. Well, no. So that happens, so it's cut in between their fight and that happening of that scene of Poe taking out everything. But as Finn and Ray make it through the, as fucking Chewie's making it towards the Millennium Falcon, so is Ray and Finn. Uh, they cut through the woods, the snowy woods nearby, and Finn is basically telling him this way, or telling Ray this way to the Millennium Falcon. And uh, they are maybe 20 feet into the woods, and then they hear the crackling and hissing of Kylo's lightsaber. And there's Kylo on the other side of the rest of the woods where they need to be in front of them. And Ray says, uh, you murdered him. And then she's about to raise her gun up. And then we just see Kylo just use some sort of like force push, throws her up into the air. She smacks against the tree, comes down, crashing on the ground. Uh, Finn goes running over to her uh, lifeless body. She's not dead. She's just unconscious at this point. And then we see Ray, or not, we see Kylo uh, come, takes a few steps towards Finn we see that he's bleeding, and he yells out, Traitor! And he hits his hip area a few times. And then Finn gets up with the lightsaber in hand and powers it on, 
And then Ray or Kylo says, that lightsaber belongs to me. And Finn just says, come and come get it. Come take it. And then just charges at Kylo Ren. And they have a decent size uh, lightsaber match at this point. Because obviously stormtroopers are probably uh, trained in some form of... Well, the shock baton. Yeah. That, uh, some form of like uh, I don't know what his actual call, call sign is, but... Uh, they, I, somebody told me a while ago, but yeah, I, I don't, don't fucking it. remember. Um but so yeah, they have a lightsaber fight, and I, I love this uh, moment because Kylo hits the side of his hip where he was shot by Chewbacca. Right, and that's the thing I was talking about earlier, where he was taking some of his marine life into Star Wars mm-hmm. because that's a thing. In order to get the adrenaline pump and give yourself more pain, you're already shot, so why not utilize it as best right. you can? That's part of like marine training. If it doesn't, if it's not going to kill you, then utilize it in some manner. If it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. Pretty much. Because we see him punch it a few times, which is also a Sith teaching that pain, you can live off of pain, that pain gives you power or shit like that. Right. So he hits it a few times. He gets uh, more and more enraged. And uh, basically, the fight continues. It it crescendos into, we see at one point, Finn is pinned against a tree by Kylo with Kylo's blade. And then as Finn Finn has uh, the blue lightsaber, blocking uh, Kylo's lightsaber. And he's like pinned against a tree. And as he's pinned, Kylo just twists his lightsaber towards Finn's chest where the uh, cross guard is and then just impales the cross guard into Finn's shoulder. Now, in one of the like making of books that I have for Star Wars, one of them is for The Force Awakens. And the reason that Kylo's lightsaber, it's one of the new things from Star Wars, is the crossguard lightsaber. The reason he has that crossguard is is that his lightsaber, so in order to get a, uh, in order for the Sith to get a lightsaber, they can't just utilize the kyber crystals like the Jedi do. They need to force the kyber crystal to release the force energy within the kyber crystal. Right. So, they do a thing called bleeding, and, or force bleeding or something like that. And so they basically just crack the stone and force it to bleed out the energy, which makes it the crimson red of the lightsaber that we know so well. And that's what happened with Luke, or what happened with Kylo. He had a lightsaber, and we do see his earlier version of a lightsaber in other movies. So he had a lightsaber, but he was so angry and so pissed off at Luke and what happened with the Jedi Temple and Snoke and all that shit that happened around him that he nearly obliterated the, the the kyber crystal that he had in his lightsaber to where it's so volatile he needs these exhaust ports off the side of the lightsaber in order for it not to explode in his hands. Right. So that's why you get the cross guard. That's why you get a lot of like the cracking and like this like untapped raw energy going up the right uh, sword and everything. Um but the the fight with Finn crescendos into he knocks the with Finn Kylo's lightsaber fight with Finn. Oh, it sounded like you said Finn. Oh no, well, his uh, Kylo's lightsaber fight with Finn it crescendos into Kylo knocking the lightsaber out of Finn's hands, and then he gets like turned around, or like Kylo punches him. Finn turns around, and then Kylo just like amistads across his back, like, gives him <laughs> gives him a fucking backyotomy. It just slices up his back. He goes lays, down on the ground. Lays his spine open. Yep, and he gets knocked the fuck out from a ch- shock, apparently. Uh, at that same instance, you see Kylo uh, deactivate his lightsaber. He stands up, turns around. Or no, he's already stood up. He turns around to where the lightsaber is uh, that was Luke's and his grandfather's at one point, 
and he holds up his arm and he's trying to get it towards him with the force. And we see it shake a little bit, shake a little bit, and then with untapped energy comes barreling out of the snow past Kylo, bam, right into Ray's hands. And the music crescendos, and there she is. We hear bum, 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 the whole nine yards of the John Williams theme for the Star Wars universe. And she activates the lightsaber. They start uh, fighting. And this is where you got the idea of her being a Palpatine. It's because of the way that she fights in this The way she fights and the way she holds the lightsaber. Yeah, it's very similar to what uh, Palpatine does in Revenge of the Sith with a lot of the, like, lunges and, like, swooping down and... Up over his head to begin with. Yeah, like she the, does, she the does similar things thrust. here. But the uh, fight we at, in the middle of their fight, then that's when Poe takes out the oscillator and all the explosions happening or is happening. And we see as they're having their lightsaber fight, the uh, ground is starting to shake and starting to break up. And then the towards the end of their fight, where Kylo is about the best Ray. He's pinned her up against the edge of what is now a, a, a cliff that has opened up. And all this molten lava and everything is spewing behind them and shit. And then Kylo says to her, uh, under the heat of these two lightsabers, he's like, Look, yeah, you don't know what you're doing with the Force, but I could teach you how to utilize and harness the Force as best as possible. You just need to fucking follow me. And she's like, Oh yeah, the Force. She closes her eyes. We hear the music just swell and then... Boom, as it crescendos, we see her eyes slowly open, and we see a more determined Ray in front of us, a more focused Ray. And then she just unloads on fucking Kylo. He fucking lunges at her, she blocks it, parries it, bam, hits him in the fucking arm. He goes spinning around in pain and shit. And then uh, at that same instant, she comes lunging at him again, only he pins her arm uh, up in the air as she pins his arm down towards the snow. And we just have this image of Rey and Kylo both trying to repel each other's uh, attacks with either arm. We have Kylo's... uh, (laughs) We have Kylo's... And it's not so subtle imagery, but we have Kylo's lightsaber pointing towards hell and Rey's lightsaber pointing towards heaven. Not the most subtlest of imagery, but evil, good and evil bullshit. The fight crescendos into her knocking uh, Kylo's uh, lightsaber out of his hand and then her just spinning around and slicing across his face. He goes stumbling backwards. He's still alive, but he's in a lot of pain because we see it starts at the bottom of his chin and goes up over his, the side of his face, past his over the like arch of his nose, and up the rest of his head. Just from one side, from the bottom left side to the top right side of yeah, his face. All the way. All the way up. She's about to make the killing blow. The earth between the two of them opens up, and she goes to one side, and he goes to the other side. Now... I've always argued that the, the best scene or the best line in this moment would have been Ray screaming across this huge chasm that's now ripped open between the two of them and just yelling across saying, now you have a reason to wear that mask. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bet you don't even kiss girls. <laughs> uh, but she, saw, she deactivates the light, lightsaber, runs up to Finn, and it, uh, she's just fucking crestfallen at this point. She doesn't know what the fuck to do. She's almost reserved her, or resigned herself to just dying on this planet because she's got nowhere to go. She doesn't know where the Falcon is. She doesn't know where Chewie is. Finn's fucking near death, and she's in tears at this point. But at the same instance, as everything is fucking just exploding around them, we uh, cut to uh, General Hux 
running into the main hologram room where Snoke is and yelling, Commander Snoke, the, the planet's become unstable. Uh, we've lost. Basically, everything's fucking crumbling around us. What do we do? And he's like, bring Kylo and yourself and everybody else that's left to me. Cut to uh, Ray is like buried her chest into the side of Finn and she's just crying. And at that same instance, we see the Millennium Falcon come up from uh, behind a cliff face with lights on pointing towards Ray and everything. And then we cut to uh, Poe and his people just like circling the planet as everything fucking implodes in on itself. And then we see the Millennium Falcon come up in the frame and Poe and everybody is like, I got them. They're alive. Let's get the fuck out of here. And they all barrel towards the fucking hyperspace as the entire planet of Starkiller Base basically crumbles in on itself and it explodes, boom, revealing a new sun for this system. Cut to everybody landing on Qatar, all the X-Wings that are still remaining, Snap, Lexley, Poe, Dameron, all of them. Um, and along with the Millennium Falcon, we see Poe, or not Poe, we see Finn being uh, carried off the Millennium Falcon, still knocked the fuck out by Chewie. He's being placed on a gurney. We hear someone say he's still got a heartbeat as he's being ushered away, and Chewie is following right behind them. Now, I would have always thought that also a much more poignant scene, because also whenever Han dies, we cut to Leia, and she feels the death of her husband, the one that she loves, the only man that she's ever loved, die. And her son is the one that caused his death. We see her reaction. She falls to her knees to the sheer force of the energy that she's feeling from this event. But I've always thought a more poignant scene, because in this scene we see Leia, see Rey, and she walks up to Rey, and they hug. But I always thought a more poignant scene is that Rey would have went with Finn to wherever Finn was going to go. And Chewie would have walked And Chewie and Leia just look at each other and fucking are just like, I know, and just hug. Don't say a fucking word, just hug. And then she's maybe at the end of it says, um, it's okay, you big walking carpet, or something along those lines. Something from the original trilogy. One thing I forgot to mention, while they're in on Dakar for the first time, uh, BB-8 goes up to R2-D2, who's just standing there, and 3PO says, no, don't try to do anything, or BB-8, R2's been powered down since Master Luke went into hiding. And so he, we see BB-8 just trying to jostle R2 awake or some shit mm-hmm. earlier on in the movie, and he, nothing happens. He's been uh, comatose ever since Master Luke went into hiding. But, and this led into some conspiracy theories about who Rey was, whenever Rey is on the planet, because when she goes on to Dakar, this is the first time at the end of the movie, is whenever she's on Dakar at the Resistance base, and then R2 powers up. So I think that they were laying pieces out for different types of who Ray's lineage was. I think maybe right. they were playing with the idea of her being a Palpatine, but I also think they were also playing with the idea of Luke Skywalker because in the in the original uh, canon, Luke did fall in love with Legends. someone. In Legends canon, Luke did fall in love with someone. So it's quite possible, and they were playing with that idea until they settled on what happens in Rise of Skywalker. But I think they were playing with the idea of Rey being a Skywalker, like blood Skywalker, not what happens in Rise of Skywalker. But R2 kicks on. He basically shows everybody the map, and they're missing the piece from the uh, device that uh, Lor Santeca gave uh, BB-8. BB-8 then shows his portion of the map, and it fits like a glove. And now they have the location for Luke Skywalker. 
Cut to sometime later, Ray's in different clothes. And I believe in the novelization of this movie, uh, they have a funeral for Han. Yeah. Like a memorial funeral type thing. They don't have any body because his body imploded with the rest of the planet, the Starkiller base. That's why uh, Leia's in like this like nice outfit type thing. But she basically tells Ray to be careful. Or no, she, tell, she hugs Ray, says, may the force be with you. She hops onto the Millennium Falcon. Chewie's already on the Millennium Falcon along with R2-D2. They power up, and they're going to a planet named Octu. Cut to this ocean planet with two suns, with very little islands. What, basically what her dream was about what Kylo was explaining earlier. This ocean uh, planet with just very little islands. You see the Millennium Falcon circle around and then land on a nearby uh, outskirt. We see Rey going through this island. We see her going up hills and stuff. We see stone huts nearby and no one's around. And she's just looking for anybody. So she gets to the top of this uh, mountainy hill and looks and sees a figure looking out across the ocean. She pulls out the lightsaber that uh, she took from Kylo that was given to her by Maz Kanata and holds it there for him to take. And the entity turns around and it's Luke Skywalker. He looks at Rey, then looks at the lightsaber. And then just looks at Ray and like tilts his head down and shit. As the camera pans out and it's just like a, a helicopter shot or a drone shot circling the two of them on this small ass island in the middle of in the, the middle fuck of on the ocean. ocean. And that's the movie. The credits roll, directed by J.J. Abrams. And it's a good setup. It's a nice setup to what they were going to, yeah. what we got later on. Now, like I said, I love The Last Jedi. Rise of Skywalker is okay. But I really like what they try in Rise or in the Last Jedi. We'll get to that next episode. But I really enjoy like yes, they do repeat a lot of stuff like the Death Star and Star Killer Base and the Trentron, and you know the 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 near death of the Resistance, i.e. the Rebel Rebellion, and with the Death Star almost coming into view of the Rebellion and A New Hope, and same thing happens here where they're 15 minutes away from exploding. Uh, it, it's very similar. So that being said. I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Let's get into the uh, money for this movie. Now, like I said, George Lucas sold all of Lucasfilm to Disney. That includes all the Star Wars property and uh, Indiana Jones and I believe a few other things as well, like Willow and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the budget for this movie in 2015 dollars uh, was $245 million. Opening weekend made... Two hundred forty-eight million domestically, nine hundred and thirty-seven million dollars on just domestic alone. Internationally, one point one million dollars. Altogether, in twenty fifteen dollars, two point one billion dollars. One point one billion international. Then, what did I say? Million. Yes, that's what I meant. Yes, it was supposed to be one point one billion dollars internationally. Altogether, international with domestic, $2.1 billion. But adjust that for $2022, which is nearly 10 years, uh, about eight years now at this point. Uh, $307 million for the budget. Opening weekend made $310.5 million. Domestically in $2022, $1.17 billion. Internationally, made $1.4 billion altogether in 2022 dollars at a 25.2% increase for inflation, $2.6 billion on just the one movie mm-hmm. for a $4.4 billion uh, investment by buying Lucasfilm and everything that entailed with it. So 
I think just by the one movie, Luke or Disney made a wise fucking choice because that's just for the movie. That's not yeah. counting video games, uh, comics, novels, uh, toys, outfits, the whole nine yards. So the, obviously, at this point, especially past the Disney Plus shows and the movies that have come out and the um, toys and fucking all Lego sets that I fucking own, it has made its investment back tenfold. Anyway. Like I said, I enjoy this movie. It's a good start, uh, setup, and uh, we'll talk about how much I love fucking uh, Last Jedi next week. And I fucking told you I was going to cry, so if you have an issue with me crying, because I was fucking... Anyway, uh, let's move on from that. Anyway, <laughs> that's all I've got for this week. Uh, that's all I've got. Make sure to comment, rate, subscribe, tell us what you think about uh, the sequel trilogy for the Skywalker saga... Uh, and specifically Force Awakens, because that's the one we talked about. Yep, and it's the beginning of all of it. And obviously people can have their opinions, but just know that your Snoke opinions were wrong. A hundred percent. Like, the idea of who Snoke was. And now, I, I know I was wrong about who I thought Snoke was. But I'm okay with that, Ryan. But I know there's a, lot, a good contingency of people that were fucking pissed at what happens to Snoke in The Last Jedi. And I fucking am here for it. I'm here for their tears. Their angry tears. Just like the MAGA guys. Which, uh, that diagram tends to cross-play. Cross, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Nerdinian. You can also follow me on both those platforms, at that wanker. You can also follow us on TikTok, at Nerdinian as well. And if you're into it, you can follow uh, the Adventures of My D&D group. Uh, we are nearing the end of the campaign and we had a really good session last night, and it is up, or it might not be up yet, but it will be up uh, soon on our Twitch channel. We stream every Saturday night. It is Wolf Den D&D, W-O-L-F-D-E-N-D-N-D, the letters, because you can't use ampersands. Right. And remember, hope is like the sun. If you only believe in it when you can see it, then you'll never make it through the night. Great Scott! Great <laughs> Scott!